What's up, you guys? This is Chris, and welcome back to the Young American Podcast. Just kidding. This is actually Brit, and if you can tell Chris and I's voices apart, congratulations, you've passed the test. So, in the theme of summer, we're sticking to music again, and we have got an interview with a dear friend of ours named Matt Wilson. Matt works in the music industry, and he wears many hats, sound engineer, a tour manager, band manager, and he gets to go on the road and tour around with a bunch of bands that we grew up idolizing and listening to. And uh, it's pretty cool to hear his stories. It was a lot of fun. He was really generous with his time, and we really appreciate him coming on. So stick around. This is the part that Nathan never wants me to miss, where I shout out the socials and ask you guys to participate. So send us your questions. Send us your suggestions. Send us your blank lists. We'd love to read them. We'd love to respond with you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Without further ado, here's our interview with Matt Wilson. My name is Britt. This is the Young American Podcast. I have to go to Cleveland this weekend for like some family stuff, and then uh, I leave the twentieth with Bayside. Hell yeah! For six shows. I have a good Bayside story from your wedding that I'll that I'll. Oh tell yeah! You. Oh yeah! That's a good one. <laughs> so Matt, what we do here? Have you ever listened? It's all good. I have. Nothing's off the table. If there's anything you want, edit it out. Perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. It's all good. If you want to share with us, um, and then we'll we'll, we'll kill it okay. after the fact. No big deal. We cut so much stuff. We do cut a lot of stuff. <laughs> if Britain wanted I mean, to I take did. any of us down, <laughs> I, there is. I did one of these with Pryor once. Yeah. And the first one I did was really guarded. Like, because oh, I, really? I didn't want to, like, he had that podcast called Something to Write Home About. Yes. And, uh, or not Something to Write Home About. What was it? Maybe it was called that. I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> but, I, think, I think it was. Yeah. So he, uh, I was really guarded on the first one. And then the second one, he got me drunk. And I was like totally like he's on, he has some treasure he's holding on to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's down now though, but I was very like you Oh, know. you you told him to Did take you it tell down. him to pull it? No. No. He just I think it's I, I think his whole podcast like he stopped paying the server fees or whatever. So <laughs> oh, okay. I think it's gone. I you know, I listened to Dustin's whole catalog and the the episode where he interviews Matt Pryor is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good one. I like when they start giving each other. Sh- <laughs> what does Dustin say? He's like, the Get Up Kids. He was like, you guys are like a. F-. He was like, you know us. Like we're quiet and kind of reserved. You guys are like a fighting family. You love each other, <laughs> but you. Yeah. Well, Very so dynamics. Thank you so much for coming. Of course, it, man. <clears throat> so we've only done a few interviews, and I guess we'll just get into it and figure out kind of the ebb and flow of how it goes, and I'll edit it, and this will come out. So two nights ago, we did the Blink-182 draft, where we oh. we all uh, voted on our top five Blink songs. Nice. That, was, that's the right reaction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what one? That's a good question, Andrew. Me? No. <laughs> Clearly mine won. We drafted a lot, so you're... We all liked you our own draft. You song live set. You know, draft your, and then once it's taken, it's taken. I see. It was like... It was titillating. Uh, it was titillating. They were we, all different. There were a lot of uh, 
Yeah. Like just people stealing songs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We all went to go see him 25 years ago, so it was a little bit. We're going next week just for this the week. reunion. For the, for do you know what he said? Oh, this tell, week yeah, tell, him what, tell him what. He was like, oh, do you guys need in? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, suppose we did. <laughs> is that new ink? It is. That's like fresh. Oh, cool. It's pretty funny. I only have two tattoos, and they're both associated with Thrice because we got them on tour. You know, like... You guys got matching ones. We did. And one is a, uh, like, a squid because our sound guy is terrified of squids. And we were at at a bar one day, and he was like, you got another guy, too. But he was, (laughs) there was a jar on... like the TV at the bar and a squid was inside of her. Who knows? An octopus. Like one of those like formaldehyde doors. No, it was, it was a lie, but it was showing that it could get itself out, you know? No way. And he was like, told the bartender, he's like, Hey, could you turn the channel? Could you turn the channel? We're like, Oh, what's what's wrong? And he's like, I don't like squids. (laughs) (laughs) It became this whole thing for the rest of the tour. And Visu happened to have like a, a, a squid or something like that. Like, artwork yeah something is so we all got that and then this one we decided to do another one and it was like so impromptu it was like yeah we should get a tattoo and we were in philly and i like knew somebody and i was like yeah i, I know this person that could do it and they're like yeah let's do it tomorrow <laughs> so then we all got let me, this let me get you in that's cool paper paper tiger tattoo which is like off artists in the ambulance so if they ever do that's like awesome. a uh alchemy index tour i'm sure we'll get Something of that nature. You're just going to be like full sleeve of thrice full tattoos. Sleeve. I'm, I'm a big fan. Right now, I'm a big fan of thrice animals. Yeah. So I have only on my left side of my body is reserved. Or, You've got just like reserved. a big back piece of. I'm a big zoo thrice zoo by the sun. <laughs> and my leg tattoo is a traditional gun, but my arm tattoo is not. It's the wireless like Wait, new you, gen thing. I thought you only had two. I only have two. Is it a squid yeah, gun? Said the gun? Yeah, he said a gun, like the tattoo gun. Oh, oh, yeah. oh okay. yeah, no, I don't have. Is uh, I don't think I, I have a third. Can I ask who? <laughs> well, there was that one, <laughs> night, that one night in Cleveland. Yeah. Did uh, can I ask who the who the member is that's afraid of squids? Uh, his name is Mike Shoemaker. Okay. He's he's he does sound still. He's he's a tough guy. He likes to race, <laughs> like moto race, like um, what is motocross. motocross? Motocross, yeah. Motocross. Well. It's more of like the European... Okay, Ducati. Yes, that kind of thing. Ciao. He's had two major accidents, but he still loves doing it. So he does like cafe racer type stuff? Or uh, no, like, like the big like sport GT, like, oh, wow. you know, like where your leg is like laying on the ground as you're doing turns and whatnot. Oh, oh yeah. It's pretty, pretty rad. Who's like the main guy that does that? Like the dude? Do you have any idea? They call him the old man. We watched a bunch of races together, and I forgot his name, but he's that, like... That dude has like a resting heart rate of like 42. Yeah. yeah. it's While he's doing this? It's insane. No, like that, while he's doing it, he's like in the 60s, yeah. which is like you and I are probably 60, 70 right now. What is this, the MotoGP like stud? Yeah, but you're yeah. talking like he's just like, you know, near death, sure. fractions from death, and he's just like chill. I didn't know this until recently, but Shu told me like, it all depends on the bike that's out there now and all these like big companies like it's a pretty DIY sport but mm-hmm. then certain companies like Ferrari or whoever else is like maybe not Ferrari uh Ducati they're like getting involved and they like are spending tons of money on these bikes to like BMW's big. right and so even though the racer might have more talent it doesn't matter anymore you know right. kind of yeah, thing yeah so 
<laughs> I'm just going to get into it. I'm going to introduce you, and then we can just let this fly wherever. So, what's up, everybody? We're here talking with dear friend of ours, Matt Wilson. Not the Matt Wilson from... Set Your Goals. Or... We have a group. Trips left. We <laughs> That's true. That's a good one. <laughs> we have a group on... Uh, I forget what it is, Facebook or Instagram or something. It's only Matt Wilson's of, really? like, that work in the touring <laughs> industry. Incredible. And we'll like, hey, I just got this advance email or like Matt, okay. other Matt Wilson does like things in finance and whatnot. He's like, yeah, I just got to hit up like this. Here, take this. You know, we've got a couple of Matt Wilson's in our life. And I'll, whenever I say I'm like, hey, I talked to Matt Wilson. He's like, yeah, like, Matt, like scenic view, Matt Wilson or trips left. Matt. Do Wilson? you know you are the Matt Wilson? That's you know, what I was talking Corley to Matt Lee in the townies. Remember yes. that band? Yeah. That's her brother. Yes. I didn't know that right. until a few years mm, back. Correct. But when I was talking to Kenny the other day, he was like, set your goals, Matt Wilson. Or I said, no, Matt Wilson, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. Who are, he's like, oh, the real Matt Wilson. <laughs> you are That's the good. real Matt Wilson. That's good. So Matt, I've been wanting to get you on here. We go way back from the music scene. It's true. What do you say that you do? How do you, like when someone says, what, what is your occupation? What do you do? You're on a plane and the, and the person sitting next to you says. Usually I say I work in the music industry. Okay. And we'll, hopefully the conversation doesn't go too much farther because then it gets like really explaining what it is kind of thing, which is fine. We'll totally down to answer it. But explain sometimes. Explain to the listener. Uh, I'm a tour manager. Right. Uh, I would say that's my like thing that I've kind of fallen in okay. to the most. But I'm also a sound engineer doing front of house sound pretty exclusively. And then I production manage as well. And that's what I would say I would do like for my jobs. I also do some like artist management stuff on the side because I just love abuse, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of those do you this, love uh, the most? I love doing one job I've discovered. But I don't love doing three jobs. Oh, okay. even though I like to get paid for doing three jobs, I don't like like it's tough. The stress. I can handle it, but it, I don't love always doing it. Sure. <laughs> How often do you find yourself in that scenario where you're uh, on the road doing all three? A lot. But I would say I know what tours I can go to do it at. Like if I was doing an arena tour, I wouldn't be able to do that. It's just too much, too many moving pieces just too hard to control but i would say like you know like doing a 2000 cap tour that's pretty easy it's just like muscle memory at this point like especially with tour managing uh and knowing a lot of the artists i work with i've had like over a decade of experience with them and i'm very picky about who i go out with that's new you know i want to like make sure that we're a good fit for each other yeah and if we're not then it just doesn't work you know did you set out to do that is that what you wanted to do because i've noticed like a lot of guys that find yourself in the industry like that they have a background in music and i'm really baiting you to uh -huh. see if you will yeah. talk about said so said high school band okay <laughs> so yes uh we uh both the pendletons here we grew up playing in bands together. Uh, they had a band called Woodbine, sometimes Woodbine Drive, sometimes Woodbine. The day we dropped the drive. And then Andrew and Nathan have uh, a band currently called Canonize. Is that still current? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. mostly. Okay, cool. So Twice a year. But they've also played in various bands over mm -hmm. the years. So we've known each other over 20-something years. Right. But A lot of history. You know, so... Uh, you guys did my wedding last year, which mm -hmm. we'll get all this together. But a lot of my industry friends that were there were like, who's that band? 
<laughs> they were yes, all like, that band's awesome. Band. Seriously? Yeah. yeah, seriously. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, mo- more than one. More. Let's get into that more. More than one person came up to me and they were just like, that band's pretty sick. You know, like, they were all like really into it. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. Lexington had a really great local oh, scene. Oh, man. Like really many, did. many like late 90s, early 2000s, back in the day when we were all about it. Like it was just a really fun time to be. It was. If you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard us gush about the all ages scene that we had growing up. Back then, man, we lived for those weekends where yeah. Friday, Saturday night, you would be in a suburban neighborhood and you would be parking three, four, five blocks away. And then hoofing it to the Baptist a, church, <laughs> a basement or the Baptist church or the, the YMCA and doing those. Tell That's me right. a little bit about those days because. So I did a band called Scenic View and uh, you can't really find anything on it online. So I feel like, <laughs> okay, talking about it now, you know, kind of thing. It's funny because Nathan was talking to a guy. And he was like, uh, weren't you like, you, you tell it, you tell it. Oh, I was just saying, I was like, yeah, I mean, I've known him since like early days of the Lexington music scene. It's like he was in a band called Scenic View. And he was like, Matt was in a band? Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. you talk about it I, at all with your buddies, with your touring guys? I kind of feel like it's just like. Everybody was. But yeah, if you work in the industry, at some point you were a kid right. in high school playing in a band. Sure. And, uh, you know. Usually the next question is like, oh, did you guys tour a lot or whatever? And then it's always like, eh, not really. You know, high school, local thing. Right. And the, But I did a little bit with Petticoat Petticoat, which is another band that I did for a bit. But I played bass in that horribly. I forgot about Shout that. Out. Yeah, Richie oh, Rose. Yeah, right. Yes. Shout out Richie. And uh, But we did like a tour down to Miami. And I was like 17. This is a funny story. He, he goes by Richie now. But at that time, we knew him as Dickie. Uh, He'll that was always like just, be Dickie. It's hard me. to beat it out. But uh, I've tried really hard to just call him Richie or Rich, you know, whatever. But yeah, we toured down to Miami like for like a 10-day run or something like that. And we played a place in Nashville that was like very 21 and up, very divey, like kind of, I don't know, just a rough and tumble kind of place. Hide your wife, hide your kid. <laughs> and we, I had uh, Dickie buy a pack of cigarettes for us all <laughs> so that we were all smoke because you could smoke indoors. And we were smoking when we loaded in, so we wouldn't get in trouble. A lady who was a smoking. So we looked like we were over 21 or something. I'm sure the bartender was like, just play and get out, you know? (laughs) Hey, those kids are smoking. (laughs) (laughs) Some of those venues, I remember we played with Race the Sun in Daytona Beach. And it's like the guy that let us in in this little like pseudo coffee shop. (laughs) And we walked in the back and this dude is like cutting lines into bags and is just like selling out the back and we're just like oh man we should probably get out of here i was sunburnt i was like the color of a lobster at, on that show sure how long like was that, that tour because you guys did two you yeah. did like one with rookie of the year right we did like yeah. a month with rookie yeah maybe Speaking of- and we did like a two week with race the sun where we like met it was kind of we split. met race the sun on that tour and we had a couple of dates that fell through and they were like well why don't you just play they we they added us to their their the end of their tour yeah they was, are not a band anymore but when their album was released they were the only ones that ever mentioned woodbine in the liner <laughs> notes and like we thought we were something <laughs> when it did we looked in the back and we we're like all the way down to the w's like there See, we are because i remember you guys if my memory serves me correctly, you were in talks of doing a like audio adrenaline tour, which yeah. 
Yes. If you don't know, Audio Adrenaline is like a uh, alternative Christian rock band. Is that the best way to put it? <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I, that's probably the best way. Yeah. I like don't, late nineties. Yeah. Was like, but they were big in that scene. Barry, like, their guitarist somehow got a hold of our EP. It was the very last one we did with Barrel Rider and, right. and Buddy Commander. He got it, and he somehow got in contact with Nathan or Matt. And Matt actually went up and had lunch with him somewhere yeah. in Cincinnati. He's now in Nashville. Maybe it was in Nashville, yeah. And Matt met up with them, and we flushed it down the toilet, and we broke yeah. it up, and that's that's sad. We gave it up for popcorn. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> he, probably, he probably saw Matt's grill jeans, and he was just like, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, <laughs> They're very tight. We were like, I know, I think it was definitely on our side that we wait, said buddy. No. But I think going back we all, to those. We all had grill jeans. Oh, yeah. That was the only place you could get it's skinny the only time, jeans. Yeah, the at only the time. Now it's everywhere. Skinny jeans was in the Goodwill section. I bought some Carhartts the other day, and they're like... Audrey's like, your ass looks good. And I'm like, it's the car. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) It's just weird to me that like all those are sick. Like Jinkos are back. Like the OG Jinkos are back. Yeah. Like, man, okay. I don't know what to do anymore. I like to think of a Carhartt design engineer walking around the floor like, tighten them up. (laughs) Tighten them up. (laughs) I've got a slew of questions to ask you. But I did like, and I remember back in those days, I wanted to give like a little bit of a background of that because I remember back in those days, you were one of the most resourceful guys. That's why it's no surprise that you are mm-hmm. where you are. But like you were the dude that would just get something done. And like you would ask the things, for instance, so Ichthys was the big festival and like when um underground indie music was getting really big. I remember going to see Zayo. Remember? Yeah, we went and saw Zayo. They were one of the closers. And if you don't know who Zayo is, they're like one of the like godfathers of hardcore, like that Stretch Armstrong era, things like that. And I remember seeing them come out on stage, and the lead singer, because you had been talking to him before, interacting and stuff. And this yeah. is a, just a example of the power of Matt Wilson back then. They walk out on stage, and the lead singer is wearing a scenic view. Oh, hold on. <laughs> T-shirt. There, there's some, there's some uh, inaccuracy to this story. Um, <laughs> I li- saw it with my own so eyes. likely story, Britain. No, likely, uh, it wasn't Zeo. It was Extol, a Swedish, yes, <laughs> like death metal yeah. band that uh, we made friends with them, and we were doing our own merch and like spray painting our shirts. Yes, that had like a sheep on it. <laughs> oh yeah, and. Uh, the, there was a band next to us. When you say us. spray painted, oh, like God. it smelled. Like, it did. Like you'd just it, done it. So segue into this. The band that was selling next to us was, uh, they were they were too cool for school. They had just heard like the Strokes first like demos or whatever. And they were just like, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're awesome, you know? <laughs> and uh, they complained that the singer wouldn't be able to sing because of the uh, <laughs> spray paint that was... In the air outside. The waft and fumes. And uh, you'll probably have to censor some of this or maybe even cut this part out. No, no, no. But a certain singer of a very popular ska band <laughs> that was playing, uh, he literally turned to them at, at a Christian music festival or kind of. It was kind of. Yeah, right. it, was, it wasn't like Christian, as kind of as like Jason. Cornerstone, but yeah. it was like. Kids are having sex uh, yeah. tents really close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get loaded up and then go to the festival. So uh, he turns to him and he's like, they could f- do whatever they f- 
want. <laughs> he's like, they're trying to make money out here. They're like grinding. Like you guys are just, you know, like let them sell their merch and whatnot. And we were doing crazy stuff too. We were like picking up rocks off the ground and, you know, like selling the rock for a quarter or whatnot. Like just the, what I mean, year would this have been? what band was this? This was scenic view. No. What singer was that? Oh, Five Iron Friends. Yeah. Oh, three brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That dude it was so cool. And God. then one of the X Toll guys like saw the whole thing happening, and he he got a shirt too. Like he wanted to support. You know, we we probably looked like young children at that point. So yeah. they, were they were all like, the, where they were close to the closer, right? X Toll, or they were late. They they, they were, played later. Yeah, they was a big deal that they came to the U.S. It was I remember a that big was a deal thing. Okay, so I had the band wrong. And I think Further Seems Forever played that. Day. I can't remember the whole lineup of it, but all of that to say, I remember bunch. this dude from Extol yeah. walking out, and I was just like, "I'll be damned if Matt Wilson didn't put a <laughs> flipping scenic view spray painted T-shirt we, on that." We man. were hustlers, you know. <laughs> Listen, do you remember the name of the Strokes wannabe band? Uh, yeah. Hold on, uh, Violet something. Mm. But I remember they were playing the Dame. And then I hit up like Nick Sprouse or something, and I was like, "How did that show, dude?" And he was like, oh, five people." I was like, "Good." <laughs> like coming out of that, how did you find yourself? What was your first gig into doing music management? Because you used to do front of house sound. Right? I did. Like, is, was so, that what you what dipped your toe into it? Well, no, I I started booking shows. You're, you we all remember Lloyd, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Pirate, Pirate Youth Collective. Pirate Youth Collective. And Lloyd had a little bit more of a DIY. First, let me say this. I always got along with Lloyd just fine. I got along with Anthony Likewise. even better. Same. Uh, had no problem with him. You know, they were always very kind to me, especially Anthony. But yeah, they like uh, were doing their own thing where it was very like very punk rock shows. You know, like I don't want to say they didn't care about like, I hate to say it, like emo-ish bands that were doing things or, you know alternative rock bands, indie rock bands, but they were very like in the pocket of, Oh, we're going to have Carpenter ant or somebody like that play this show or a real crusty punk band. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it. And that was totally cool. But scenic view did not fit in that repertoire of what no. they were trying to do. When we were playing pirate youth collective shows, we, it was like, okay, turn your gain up. Yeah. Another, another five notches. The very first show that Woodbine ever played that wasn't in Dickie's basement was at the Northside Library in Lexington. And there was a oh, band I love there story. that played. I know this story. There was a band there that played. It was us, the Mad Shadows, which is the, the owner of CD Central in Lexington. If it's one of those that. guys. So the band that played after us, we were sandwiched between them, was called Body Hammer. And they had oh, a two guitars, a bassist, a drummer, and a lead singer that had a theremin in front of it. If you don't know what a theremin is, it's the the in, it's like an instrument that puts off like it's like a bar that comes out. They used to use it for old sci-fi movies. You've ever seen a UFO in a 1930s 1940s sci-fi movie? Yes, you've as heard your, a theremin. As your hand gets closer to it, it makes like a The guy grabs the mic and goes, "Turn the lights off." <laughs> We are Body Hammer, and this next song is called Shark Attack. And Bryn and I are just like, oh my God. <laughs> the guitarist 
mind you, rented library in the in the the basement <laughs> of the north side like, library. He started spinning, right? He started like, spinning yeah, and like kind of chips the the wall, the <laughs> drywall on the wall, and oh, then just yep. decides to throw his guitar <laughs> yeah. through it, and then just starts stabbing the wall there. And they end their with a, with a bunch of you know distortion stuff. And Lloyd just walks up to him and goes, "Hey man, said it great. What the f- man? <laughs> what the?" F- Who's gonna pay for that? And as a, as like a fifteen year old, I, like Matt was the only one who could drive, so we were, I was just like, "We gotta get out of here. We're gonna get arrested. We gotta get out of here." Tail <laughs> between the drums, legs. Load the drums. I oh, the, cut your losses, Lloyd. Cut your losses. I have a classic uh, pirate youth uh, story. So scenic view, also probably uh, probably the same age as you guys were when that show happened. Yeah, we played a show with Digger. Madcap and uh, oh, uh, I want my hat back. I'm forgetting the band. Uh, hold on, Digger. they're from New York, I think. Uh, uh, Monday in London, Monday in London, maybe. No, it was oh man, it wasn't the hire from Las Vegas, was it? <laughs> it wasn't the hire, <laughs> uh, but no, they we played this show, it was at the Garden Side YWCA, and some oh, Bear Shark, Bear was it Bear vs. Shark? Yeah. I can't remember. He perched on an amp. I remember that lead singer perched on an amp and put the microphone in his mouth and then posed like a gargoyle. <laughs> and was like, oh. <laughs> That's good. That the, really well. So uh, we get to the venue, and it's completely locked up. Uh, oh, I think Sunday Valley might have played this show, too. Okay. Which, I'm just throwing that in, because Sturgill Simpson, or Stu, as we knew him back in the day, is, you know, He's doing okay, I guess, in the country world now. But he used to play all these punk shows with us back in the day. <laughs> he'd, wow. He'd play all these shows. But uh, as what ba- as that band? as Sunday Valley, Sunday Valley, yeah. yeah. And yep. Eddie, uh, who I'm still very close with, uh, but that was like Eddie, the first Eddie's time. Eddie's the drummer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks exactly the same too. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> the bro. But, yeah, yeah. And uh, anyways, we go to play this show, and Lloyd's like, "Yeah, I guess." Uh, Somebody forgot to pay the deposit or something for the YWCA. And there's two, like, cops. I, I remember this. There were two cops in the corner, like, for whatever reason. They were just doing, like, a powwow. And he, Lloyd, jumps over the back of the garden side YWCA and goes, gets through the back door. I'm pretty sure something got broken. He can, if he ever listens to this, he can uh, confirm or deny. But he opens the front door and he goes, doors are open, guys. <laughs> and <laughs> Madcap had started to play an acoustic set we were like coming up with alternative ideas like well we could go to our drummer daniel's house and he has a garage and we can have him play there you know kind of thing but he's like no mac after like we'll just play acoustic set out front for everybody and uh we opened up but the lineup changed they're like well scenic view is underage so if the cops bust up the show and they're playing last like let's put them last so that the cops yeah they they at least won't you know go to jail they'll have like their parents will come pick them up or something. So you close. <laughs> so we close the show. At the time, we're like, wow, we get to close the show, thinking that it's going to be this magical thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, there were like two people there for a set, you know? <laughs> but uh, Garden yeah. Side Y, that thing was an absolute dumpster fire yeah. built on an Indian burial ground. Start at what time? Seeing if you start playing at oh, we were, to two people? Well, because the delay of show, I remember it was just dark out, yeah. you know, by the time doors open. So it had to be like 
9 p.m. when doors open. There was a Gardenside Y. Their basketball court, strangely, was on the second floor. Like you had That's right. an elevator to it. Yeah. So they had an elevator. So we got all our amps and stuff up there. And Bearverse Shark, this was like their whatever, fourth, fifth time in Lexington. Oh, you're thinking of High Street Y. Yes, High Street Y. Okay, maybe I'm thinking yep. of High Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. so, but but they were, people were like so rowdy for that show because these guys had gained somewhat of a following. Yeah. And I thought for sure this court was just going through the floor because oh, you yeah. could just feel it. Just You're playing a racquetball right court, which is a sound guy, you know, is a perfect place. place. Showed a racquetball court. Oh, yeah. I remember Good Clean Fun played there, too. And that one was like insane. Um, but anyways, back to why. Like, so I, I got kind of fed up of like, well, I want my band to play shows, but I don't necessarily always want to play shows where, you know, we're breaking in the back of the venue or whatever, <laughs> anything like that. But We'll welcome them, you know, at the time. Uh, so I started booking my own shows and failing a lot and learning how to do it. And then I was paying a lot for doing sound or having people do sound. I was like, well, maybe I can figure it out, you know, kind of thing. So uh, my dad loaned me some money and uh, I got a small PA. Yeah. And then I met Austin, who worked at Carl's Music. And he, like, Gave me the like most bare bones rundown. He's like, we were at a Beaumont Y show, and I like it was my first time using the PA, and he's like, yeah, you just do this, you know, like that and that, and okay, have fun, you know. <laughs> and I, I like had no knowledge of what I was doing, so a lot of squealing. Yeah, for sure, and learned how to do sound that way. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, thanks. What Dad. was your first like time going with a band? Like, how did you get to the spot that you're at? So fast forward, probably realistically 10 years okay and i kept this little production company going in lexington what was it called it's called gold five productions which is uh it's a star wars uh x-wing <laughs> luke skywalker no 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 that's red five red five get out britain luke uh gold five stay on target was gold uh not gold leader stay on target he's not porkins either i was gonna say which one was porkins uh <laughs> i thought it was porkins for a long time but i got him a little confused but gold five gets blasted out and um you know that's what i wanted to be just like somebody that just was blasted out take, local taken meetings. out <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the brunt so you can destroy the death star you know there's too many yeah. of them <laughs> so uh can't shake him <laughs> but they uh after like 10 years into that, I knew the Amoroso guys. Okay. Probably even at, a little after that because I did some touring with a band from Johnson City, Tennessee and just did continue doing bands and whatnot. And it was just kind of like I was still doing this production company and I started doing bigger shows and they were doing very well. And I could like have kind of a job doing this while I also like did Guitar Center, you know, like... So I could get better deals on stuff and make like Harmon Carden that owned JBL and whatnot. So I could like get good deals on new sound stuff and all that. All these people for years were like, Matt wasn't stealing all this money from the shows. I was like, no, I'm just like bleeding out. Like I probably had 50K <laughs> into like sound equipment. And it just like, I mean, I'm still probably never recouped from that. Or a lot of shows I did for other people. And I just didn't get paid because the show flopped, you know, and now I would treat that so differently. But at the time I was just a kid and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, I loaded in for a eight hour event and like did all this work and, you know, whatever promoter didn't pay me, 
because the show flopped or, you know, whatever. It's like pay it forward kind of vibe, which is fun. But that's, I needed to learn how to, how to fail. I did a show for a band that will remain nameless and it was a big show, did really well. And I lost like three grand on that one. And that was really kind of like the nail in the coffin. I was like, okay, I, this is not panning out the way I want it to. Not making ends meet. Yeah. It was just like, it was too much of like a gamble every mm-hmm. time. Had I kept it going and been a little smarter, like if I knew what I knew now, I, I, I think it would have been a good little side hustle. Right. <laughs> but then I started touring and then I just, I quit everything. Like hard stop. That was it. And uh, I'm thankful for that. So who who was their first like break? I would say Imarosa was definitely like the step into okay band. This band is like getting an agent. They have a management company, and uh, it should be good. This you know is the what? Craig era. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, at that time they had just uh, got a new singer, and I had only read something about him online because uh, he had just got kicked out of Dance Gavin Dance. And uh, he needed a new band. So Amorosa needed a new singer, and it worked out. It was quick. It was like he got kicked out of Dance Gavin, and it wasn't like five days later that it was like, oh, you're in Amorosa now. Okay. <laughs> but I remember talking to their keyboard player. I was like, you sure this is a good idea? You know, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, though, I will say this before we get into all that. He hit me up recently for the first time in like 10 years, and it was a really positive conversation. Johnny did. He did. And I think he's doing like pretty well. And uh, good for him. I want people, uh, you know, even all the bullshit that happened after that. Uh, when I first met him, you know, he's got a kid and I think that's going well now. Like he's, he definitely looks healthy. Uh, good. Yeah. But wow. I, my views have changed. I've said some really horrible things and I'm sure he said horrible things about me too. But like, it's just kind of like, Oh, I want him to like succeed and beat whatever he has going on. But, uh, but yeah, Emerosa was the first step into that crazy yeah. world. <laughs> so do the list. Who, who have you worked with? Who are like the bands that you've had a chance to work with? So let's see from Emerosa. I did dance Gavin dance naturally. Cause it, that made sense when he went back to dance Gavin. Um, and then I did civil twilight, which were a very like polar opposite of that world. Yep. And it was a really like, I was burnt out of touring after that dance Gavin warp tour, you know, it was just a lot. Johnny was struggling. Everything was really bad. And I was just done with touring. And then my buddy, Danny Nicoletto was like, who goes back to our era. Yeah. He was like, Audible hey, campaign. I'm, I'm doing this tour with civil twilight. Do you want to come out with us? And I went out with him and it was like, guys at that time, they were like a little bit older. They were like 32. And you know, their idea of partying was like, let's get a coffee. You know, <laughs> and it was like such a breath of fresh air. So that was really nice, and just a different worldview. You know, mm-hmm. uh, talk talk about a positive band. I, rem- I remember just meeting those guys, and they were like, man, especially so sweet. It was like, oh, I don't have to be a degenerate, just like throwing guitars through totally. holes. And I so like talented that. too. So civil. Tw- how does that connect with Audible Campaign? Uh, no, he said Danny Nicoletto oh, is too. is the lead singer to Audible Campaign. Yeah. Oh, separate. Okay. So I didn't Shout out yeah. Nicoletto Pasta. That's true. He's he's the pasta king. So eventually, down the road, you, you start to tour with a bunch of these. You you start to hitch your wagon with a bunch of these bands that like we grew up idolizing. Yeah, so like Civil Twilight led to, well, actually, I knew the Reliant K guys, I guess, through Danny first. 
because Danny was their tech for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we toured Warp Tour together, and me and Hoops really got to know each other. And uh, if you don't know Matt Hoops, he's like the sweetest, you know, just chillest dude. Still to this day, like, get along so well. Um, yeah, so then I did Reliant K. I did Say Anything. I did Motion City. I did uh, uh, Academy Is. Uh, I've done Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, uh, Ben Rector. Uh, I'm blanking on a bunch. I do the Get Up Kids. Uh, thrice. Thrice, of course. And uh, Motion City. Said Motion City. Yeah. No, it, it's a whole long list thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm very thankful that I'm able to still... And bands that we all like kind of knew growing up, yeah. you know, it, it's cool that like I got to uh, do that, you know, like 15 year old me would be like stoked that uh, I got that far, you know. <laughs> it was fun going to your wedding and you, you mentioned it earlier, but your wedding was like flipping through high school Chris's like CD booklet because <laughs> at that point in life we carried giant books of, of CDs and I was like oh that's right I'm sitting there you know listening to you I was like there's there's thrice there's but you know what though they were all doing exactly the same thing we were doing <laughs> they were. but they just happened to get a little bit you know like help <laughs> yeah. well I think if a... you guys would have continued knowing what I know now I think it would have happened but it you have to like you got to grind it to the yeah. point of like, it's not going to be fun and comfortable at all. <laughs> and I think you made like wise life decisions, you know, <laughs> to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Back to your wedding. Like Chris and I were geeking out there like Loki and it was hot as f- <laughs> Matt. Like, it was very hot. We regret the, doing it outside now. But on the bride's Well, it was rained. It rained and the humidity, then, oh. and then the sun came out, and it was like we were all in a guy <laughs> frying pan. Yeah. I just remember just waiting, like, oh man, if if this wedding were a half an hour later, the sun yeah. would be yeah. under over those buildings. I know. And I was just, like, but it was all go go time. I was out there with the squeegee like an hour before the wedding. Like, were you really? Yeah, Bless yeah. You. And uh, yeah, so then it was like, oh, we got the break. Go. See, we started it, doing photos, and Audrey's like, I like. I'm sweating like a cow right now. I don't want to be out here. I don't want to do this. And so we went like moved inside to do photos there and the rest of it's fun. Chris but, has got to tell this story because he and I are like, yeah. there's this guy. There's, oh, there's Anthony from Bayside. Oh, there's Dustin. There's yeah. this. Again, it was like flipping through my like high school CD case. And I was like, oh, there's, there's, there's the guys from Say Anything. There's Saves the Day. There's Bayside. Fill in the blank. And then I'm. <laughs> your wedding is beautiful. It's great. Everybody there's, goes. You guys like, are probably taking there's pictures. There's Paul McCartney. You know. <laughs> I was like, there's Elton, Elton John. I mean, yeah. to us, to us, that's like the level that these guys are. But it was. It wasn't like we were. I mean, it was like adult us, like going like, okay, man, this is this is cool. Like it was honestly going, man, this is awesome. This is Matt. Like Matt made it this far exactly that's 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 and and these guys were there for your wedding like, yeah you, you made connections well you made, you know. dustin kinser who marries you guys does an amazing job does uh that speech job. uh i don't have a video of it but i wish i did because it was like so i don't know right to to it you know like it, it just he killed it i'd have thought that he'd done that for years really it was yeah. his first wedding yeah, it was the first one he said <laughs> they break and we're not we're not allowed into the venue yet. You guys are doing pictures or whatever. Not they wouldn't let you in the venue. 
Well, they they did. You guys had like a you cocktail. Could have like cocktail. Yeah, yeah. They, cocktail. You could have cocktail. You couldn't just okay. go sit down. There. Okay. So we're like yeah. in there, kind oh, of weird. like we're out amongst them. Mingling. We'll be hearing about this. Yeah. <laughs> I can get you in. <laughs> we're out amongst them. You have like uh, you have like charcuterie trays. How, is that how I say that? That's incorrect. Charcuterie. How do I say it? Charcuterie. Charcuterie. Is it really? Charcuterie. No. Another band that Matt. Charcuterie. Yes. I think you should go with that. There's a stronger cooter in there. Charcuterie. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you saying that charcuterie is worse than charcuterie? Cooterie is correct, though. Charcuterie <laughs> yeah, is not right. Charcuterie. Let's keep. Let's spend a few more minutes on shooterie. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to the light phone, please? Yeah. Okay. So there's charcuterie trays, and uh, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, and I find myself like grabbing some cheese next to Anthony from Bayside. Uh, sitting there with the drummer from uh, from Say Anything. I'm blanking mm. on his name right yep. now. Reed. Yes, Reed. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and there was another, a couple other guys there, and I'm just like, oh, wow. I'm like, what, I'm, I'm like, Chris, go. What, go. I'm just, what a predicament. I'm, Shoot I'm your here. shot. And I remember <laughs> we played with Bayside in their very first show in Lexington. That's right. And it was, it, was before, it, was I, a, it was a Pirate Youth I didn't collective. know this. I brought this up to Jack before, and he that was like his like third show. Really? Ever playing with the band, yeah. But he remembered the show from the light. Yes, that came through the venue. That came through the yeah, 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 exactly. So I was, I was like, oh man, like I'm, I'm here with these guys. Like I've gone to see these guys countless times. I'm gonna bring it up to him. Probably, probably the wrong idea. And I was like, hey, Anthony, what do you say? Like big fan. I'm like, hey, fan of your music. Um, these guys are not at a show. They're Their not guard at a show. Is down. They're like in chill mode. Loading up on shrimp. I say, hey, I actually, <laughs> the first, first time I, I saw you, it was actually in Lexington, uh, and Matt was at the show. It was just a couple of blocks from here at the at Art's place. You know, massive. I was like, I don't even remember what I said. I was like, you know, big fan. Man, that was so awesome. That was like, whatever, 25 years ago. And he just looks at me and goes, well, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> and then loads the cheese on his train and walks away. How about that? And I went, Shot, walks, walks straight to his car and drives I, home. And I Chris, will say this about Ant. Uh, he he kind of, uh, he knows this too, but uh, he's kind of got like, sometimes he's really hard to read. He's got a great poker face. So he probably was like, RBF. he was really actually serious. Like, whoa, how about that? You know, like that's, that's crazy. Like that's. Because that tour was like with Glass Eater, and that's like one of the most fondest tour memories wow. I think that they have. Um, but yeah, I brought it up to him, and you know. So then we try to rebound with Dustin because Dustin's standing right there. Oh boy! Too, and I was like, "Hey man, great, great job on the wedding." I, I didn't <laughs> never. He goes, <laughs> he just goes. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, I said, no, because he mentioned in in the speech he mentioned, "Hey, I've never done a wedding before. This is my first wedding." Right. And we were, and it was an, an amazing speech. I mean, he was, he was, he met, talked about how you guys met and and uh, just your all's relationship, and then he just brought it around. It was really, really elegant and really well articulated. And we're just sitting there, Britain, and the, then I'm at like, the shark shootery board. <laughs> so Chris has just been shot in the face by Anthony, and uh, I'm like, Dustin, I didn't never thought that that was your first wedding. That was really good. And his response to me was, Yeah, I've never done that before. <laughs> he goes, I did a, a friend's funeral once, <laughs> and Chris and I are just like. 
awesome. <laughs> How did that go? That was great. <laughs> what was that? Uh, this is way better than that. Well, you this you is should so good. do weddings now. <laughs> I heard about it. We call him the bear on tour because he kind of resembles a bear. And just, he, he's also a low talker too. So yes. yes. Funny, but they're all introverts. They're, they? they're, it's weird though. It, they would say that they, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're like the chillest band I've ever toured with. Mm-hmm. No, I mean like, I would say Dustin is like one of my like best friends. Yeah. You like, can tell. Touring and all that. Like we like to go to cocktail bars, that type of thing. Like we're nerdy about that, you know? Well, that I always joke with him that like, like I'm really into rum and whatnot. So we'll like drink Jamaican rum and he'll be like, it tastes like chlorine, you know? It just <laughs> tastes like chlorine to me. I'm like, it doesn't taste like chlorine. You're crazy. <laughs> Some people call to come Needless to say, we did not engage any more band members for the rest of the night. We were like, I'll just go sit in the iris. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to suspend 15 year old Chris and just, we'll, we'll, we'll just enjoy the wedding as a wedding. <laughs> it's a little bit like a, well, the adage, you don't meet your. Don't meet your. Uh, yes, I, they were they were fine. I mean, him saying it was it was no. More I, like, I think I think you're just to say, oh, great young boy. Tell me more. Tell me more about your high school band. Yeah. Have, I, you, have you ever been starstruck like that? Have you ever been worked with anybody or met anybody that you were like, whoa? Mm. See, this doesn't surprise me that this would be your response right here. Either that's years of weathered. Miles on tour. We were at uh, a festival once, and Natalie Portman was oh. in the catering line in the like VIP. It was like a C three festival in Austin, Texas. Natalie Portman of the Lonely Island. Uh, that's right. <laughs> People kept cutting in line, and she like cut the line, you know. But I didn't know it was her, and I yelled at like all of them. I was like, "What the." F- are you doing like you can't cut the line like we've all been waiting here forever and then she turned around and looked at me and i was like oh, you know like well, will you marry me padme <laughs> <laughs> queen amadala <laughs> i hate sand too yeah <laughs> this line is yours my lady incredible story wait yeah what happened what was the next point after you that like, did she just give you the finger or what no she just like looked at like i didn't i i'm sure i was an aunt to her you know like just, <laughs> just like you turned her against me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great. Story. I held out my hand and forced church. Her security dispensed with you. They're like off with this boy. Yeah. So what do you do when you're not when you're not out touring? Because you got you've you've uh, eluded a little bit somewhere along the line. We were like, oh, I guess Matt's into like tiki bars and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I do you, like that. But I've kind of simmered out. You mentioned the out. rum thing. You yeah. mentioned the rum with with did Dustin put no. you onto that? No. Did you, uh, it, here's a great story. It goes back to when I first started touring with Say Anything. We were touring. He was one of my groomsmen at the wedding, but Parker Case, their keyboard player, he would vanish in the middle of the night, come back to the bus like on a different planet. We're like, what's up with Parker? Where, where does he keep going? Me and my like, best friend, Alex Perkins, he was a guitar tech. And we're like, I don't know. Like, He must be going to like some bars. I don't know. He's just crazy every time we see him. But, and then finally one night we got it out of him. We're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to tiki bars. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And he was your entrance he, into that? He worked in a tiki bar in Long Beach called Tonga Hut, and uh, which is a famous offshoot of another tiki bar that's in L.A. proper called Tonga Hut, opened in 1954. There's a ton of history to this yes. whole thing as well. 
So we go to a place in Vegas called Frankie's. It had been open just like maybe two, three years at this point. I think it opened 2009. And... It was so divey. People smoking cigarettes. Nobody in there. Hell yes. But it was like you go into this dark room that's total escapism, you know? And we're like, what do we get? You know, like we're, we've heard so much about this tiki thing. Like, what do we do? And he told us to get this thing called the Think Bomb. And it was like a level five, like tiki drink. And There's we didn't... Levels? That, well, at that bar there are. And uh, we didn't know what it was. We had one drink. And we were out of our minds. Our merch girl really went to the bathroom and she was in there way too long. And I can't remember if someone from the bar told us to come get her or whatnot, but we went in the girl's bathroom and we lifted her out because she was so sick, you know, like just so, and we got back to the bus and I decide that I like, we got like comped rooms at this like Vegas hotel that we were at. And I wanted to go see what the room was like. And I like pass out in the bed and I'm like, <laughs> our guitar tech comes to get me. I'm late to bus call. There's all this stuff like he has to take me down What's there. What's in them? Absent? Well, no, it, it was just Squid. that one was, I learned later, it was like Stro, which is like very high proof, like shitty rum. And Alex, you know, the next day we were all like, we felt okay. You know, mm-hmm. we we're like, what happened to us last night? Where we like roofied or something like what was i guess that's tiki (laughs) so then we went to another tiki bar that was like way more proper later on and then it like clicked like the drinks were delicious like the guy that did it was like a huge tiki historian and we started to learn about that history and touring is the best environment to learn about you know fancy cocktails and parker was so into that and then i got into that you know and uh we hit up all these places. It was always like open late too. So after a show, you just want to decompress and go, you know, have like a nightcap. So we would go do that. And I learned a crazy amount of it now to where we're doing like barrel picks. And <laughs> you brought some crazy. rum tonight. Tell yeah. us about it. It's a, uh, a rum. There's a, a tiki bar in uh, Nashville called Chopper. And uh, my buddy Alex Perkins is more of the like guy with, another guy and they do this thing called friends of rum tennessee or called fort and uh this is like a barrel pick that fort has and robert garrison who also he's like co-owner of the green lantern co-owner of k-pot as well uh in lexington but he's big into this as well and he's all in you know we'll do barrel picks and all that this is very similar to a lot of the stuff that uh we've done but we're friends with this person that works with plantation rum which they're changing the name <laughs> they uh uh they'll bring samples out and you basically pick the barrel pick from the samples and how much you want to spend but this is one of those it's a 2009 jamaican and it was finished seven months in spanish orange wine cast and it's pretty good look at you yeah is, it, is rum i'm i'm a um peasant yeah. when it comes to that is it similar to like bourbon in their distilling process very the- similar they used most all barrels that are are from bourbon barrels are like used bourbon barrels. It's the opposite, you know. It has to be new charred oak for bourbon. Chris but. has got some hard thoughts on the bourbon industry for you. Yeah, it's easy now. I I think it's boring. I think it's a, I think I think it's a scam. I I think it's a bit of a scam. It's like I've hey, had a lot of really good ones, and I'm like, oh, that one's awesome, you know. And rum is just so much more interesting, and it's it, all island dependent, and See, oh, that's a bit. That's a better story. Yeah. Did it have to really? be made in a certain? Like, does it have to be produced in a certain area? There's no. There's no real rules to it. It's just you know, 
It has to be from sugar cane. Because that tastes more like bourbon than any rum I've ever had. Yeah, because of the aging. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. like the idea of being into rum and being into tiki drinks as well, because that's like, a, oh, there's a there's a whole history. Which, by the way, is Parker from, is he from Long Beach? He is. Yeah. LBC. Yeah. Uh, so my issue with the bourbon industry is it's like, hey, here's this uh, bourbon that takes this long and it's this like painstaking process to do it. And then they're like, oh, well, a tornado came through and ripped That's the right. roof off yeah, of this yeah. thing. So it ruined the aging process. Well, we'll just hike the price up yeah, and put an orange right. label on it. It's right. like, I don't, I don't know about that. It's all about, you know, it's the story. story. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I don't believe in any of it. I mean, I've had, I've had all of it, you know, and I just kind of got burnt out with bourbon. It, yeah. Rum is just so much more fun. Does Lexington have a tiki bar? Not yet. There is a place Ooh, called Well, there you uh, go. There you go. To be Little continued. Lost Palm, I think is what it's called, which is I hear Gold pretty good. I haven't Gold been there yet, but uh yeah, Robert Garrison had a little Tiki Sunday, Tiki Tuesday thing that he was doing at the Lantern. Oh yeah. Oh, but there's a little setup in the side room. He did, yes, but that's Oh, I never considered that was That's no more. We have talked over the years about what would be the best Tiki bar and uh how to do that. And uh, there is another person that has been dabbling that is very successful in the Lexington restaurant scene, but I don't think he is interested anymore. But we'll see. That's something you'd like to do is open a bar? I don't think so. I, I've kind of like looked into it, and it's like it's a lot of money to get it going up right yeah. and probably not a lot of return because you want to keep it small kind of. You know, you don't want it to be like this massive thing. It loses its like mystique. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday. <laughs> right on. But right now, no. I wanted to ask, so you how many weeks are you gone in a year? Uh so this year I was very conscious of like I have to break it up a little bit. Last year there was this stretch where I was gone for like four months straight. Okay. And that was really tough. It was like right after I got married, I had a lot to just you know, pay off like, yeah. Um, with coming, you know, we bought our house, did the wedding, all that. It's just like, okay, I got to go to work, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, I've been pretty conscious about it, but, uh, my wife is transitioning jobs right now. So I'm like, totally like, let's, let's tour, let's do a lot. Mm -hmm. And in January this year, I just kind of looked at my whole year. Does and, it to Audrey and Lily? Yeah. Do they get to go with you? Uh, now that she uh, just quit her job uh, or moving out of her job into something else, uh, she has a lot of free time for the rest of the year. So she's able to like be stay at home mom, which is super rad, and come see me on tour. How old is Lily? About, uh, she turns eight in two days. Gosh, she's wow. so Insane. cute. So you could cute. tell it was so cool watching her at the wedding. She's, in, I, I, Chris and I are a little bit this way. We were around teenagers our entire childhood. So like just interacting with older kids and stuff. My dad yeah. was a youth pastor and I think it, um, I gave us like a social edge, I guess. I don't know, but you can tell Lily is just like right at home with all of these just rough neck roadies and knows them by name. <laughs> just like, you know, it's, it was so cute. Lily on tour is pretty awesome. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I just got to fully experience it, and she's like side stage, and of With course, headphones we did, yeah, we did the uh, thrice hometown shows, and the, all the kids, you know, like younger kids are out there too, 
and she's just like headbanging, showing him how to like rock out to the show. That's so cool that you get to share that with your daughter. Like I, uh, yeah. Nathan asked me to play bass for. I filled in for John for a canonized show when picturesque played and stuff. Mm-hmm. And of anything, that was like the highlight. Is my son got mm-hmm. to go because he. I mean, they never saw any of that. Chris and I quit playing. We haven't played in in church or anything like that. But like having my son put on headphones and go and on the side and, and see dad play music, which was like a huge part of life. Mm-hmm. was super cool. Mm-hmm. That video that Audrey put out of uh, all the kids, it was like oh, yeah, all yeah. the band members and, and so funny. Know, the sound team's <laughs> kids there. It was just awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, crazy. What were you saying about, you said at the, at the beginning of the year, you were looking at the, the whole year. Yeah. That's a new thing I'm doing. Okay. I'm like starting my year off being like, what's on the docket this year i'm gonna make an excel file and just be like okay who what am i doing who am i working for you know kind of weigh out my time and then carve out time to be home as well in that so that's been good but uh to answer your question i think it's like 250 days out of the year usually that i'm gone so but i've been doing that a long long time how how early do you know about a tour uh, depending on the tour, like the artist and ambulance tour, I knew about that one like a year and a half ago. Okay. So just, you know, when, it's where it gets locked, you know, uh, dates always shift, v- venue availability, all these things happen. And uh, sure. Is part of your purview to also get the venues, like go from having no venue to having a venue? No. Cause I'm curious well, how, like how an f- agent would deal with that. And there's one agent I work with a ton, uh, and his name's Andrew Ellis. He books a lot of those, the bands I tour with. And uh, I've known him a very long time. That's his own separate. Yeah, he works their job. for Ground Control, which is a. a Two Major Tom. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just kind of like an indie rock agency. But he's worked for a bunch of other agencies over the year APA, Paradigm. I'm always uh, wondering how far out a venue knows, like, hey, we're holding January 15th for Thrice, or hey, we need to, we need to hold. They. Usually you'll get like whoever gets there first, or I guess yeah, if yeah. like the show offer makes more sense, you know, you have like the first hold, the second hold, the third hold okay. goes all the way down to like the sixth hold, you know, and oh, so uh, like for one day, you mean? For yeah, one. yeah, because everybody's fishing for you know, especially like Live Nation venues or AEG venues or C three venues. They they're looking mm. to put their tours through there a lot. I can't imagine like a venue like the one in Columbus, whatever it's called now, Kimba Live or yeah. How what what like a, if you look at a date on their calendar? So that's what, Promo West, and I forget who they partnered with. I think it might be AG. I think it's AG. I don't know. Is the bigger um, comp? Is the bigger? Yeah, league? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they know at least a year in advance mm-hmm. what their year is going to be for sure. Is the <clears throat> I'm curious just to know like the pandemic like kind of shut the industry to a screeching halt there. But then it feels like in the last couple of years, there's almost this flourish of reunion shows and like festivals. Is that it's is that your is that your insight as well, or is that yeah? Is it- I mean, bands set at home, and they either made bedroom records or they were just like, okay, we're going. You know, the second we can get back out there, it's time to make money. Let's do it. And then it was just like an overwhelming amount of that too saturated yeah 100 uh too many bands out right now and too expensive everyone's making up for lost time and then live nation you know 
with Ticketmaster and all the, I don't have to preach to you guys about that. Like the ticket fees and all that, it's just out of control and unfair. And uh, so you don't see any of that. I mean, obviously that that's going to like second or third party. No, we see the base amount, you know, for the most part, unless it's like worked out. I'm sure Taylor Swift and like Bruce Springsteen and people like that saw more of that. But, you know, they have other like upgrades that they build in, like called platinum fees and all that. But that goes back to us sometimes, like in a, a small amount of that goes to us. Uh, hmm. But uh, for the most part, no. It's do like, you anticipate a change in that? I mean, yeah, I do. I, I know, I know they're actively working on that, uh, and especially with like merch cuts. That's another thing that like came to the front recently, where people were like, "Well, what are these merch cuts? Why are they paying? Why is twenty percent of the money that I just gave to the band going to the venue, or thirty percent in major markets, or going to the venue? You know, those are all valid arguments. You know, if a show is not sold out, it makes sense. That's what a merch cut was made to be." Back in this, I think it was the 70s. Someone else can correct me on that at some point. But uh, the merch cut was made to be like, let's cover the promoter's ass that lost their money uh, on on this show that didn't sell out. You get a merch cut of the merch. There you go. Everybody's happy. But then it became industry standard to where it's like in every offer that's out there. And, you know, well, you didn't help with the manufacturing of the merch, the design of the merch, you know, like the shipping or any of those factors we're paying still for that, but you get a 20% of our profits for the night, you know, right. That's definitely something that uh, needs to change. Same thing with like, we'll do like a meet and greet now, you know, like for certain bands and they have these meet and greet fees that, you know, some, some venues will even charge up to like $1,300 for, you know, you could have 50 people there and they'd be like, well, that's just our fee because we take a percentage of whatever you sold. So if we sold guitars, which bands I've toured with have done this before. If we sell a guitar and it's like a really nice package, you get a guitar, you get two tickets, you get this private meet and greet thing, like all this stuff, X amount of dollars. Uh, well, we get a percentage of all of that, you know, like unreal, unreal. And we did all the work for it. <laughs> is that just decided like when you book this venue, like we get to decide? How I, much I think it's like the type like of venue you're going to. Okay. And I'll throw some shade at Live Nation for sure. That that's definitely Please do. them uh, for the most part, uh, or AEG, you know, to a certain degree too. Yeah, um, we, we played a local show in April. We just didn't sell merch because they said they were going to take twenty percent of it. I was like, we're going to sell like four shirts. Yeah, we're exactly. Take, we're gonna pay you to sell our. I was stuff. like, this is our first show in Somehow. fourteen months. <laughs> Off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and ridiculous. It's uh makes my blood boil, and at every single settlement I do, I uh, make sure if there's one issue, you know. We're, we're going to have a time. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, an independent promoter or whoever. It's like everybody has to be held accountable on that shit. Sure. And it's, uh, they've gotten away with it for years. I, I, speaking of holding somebody accountable, I wanted to, to your recount of an incredible story. So I once upon a time had a Martin guitar and at a show, it was stolen by a band. I assume it's an acoustic guitar and whatnot and i never saw it my family you know pulled money together most expensive guitar i've ever owned Mm -hmm. fantastic and stuff and i remember a story of yours where somebody stole a guitar of yours and you had the serial number (laughs) and you chased this motherfucker down so it wasn't just my guitar it was four guitars really Four. four guitars and here's how sad this story is uh, yeah, Circa, well, I'll, I'll throw them on blast too. The band was called Rome Alone from Atlanta, Georgia. 
And we'll kind of a good name. You can't trust we'll a bulldog. And uh, Anthony, who used to be with the PYC, okay, had a show that night that fell apart, and this band was supposed to play. And I had a pretty big show. I think it was an Amorosa like hometown show that was happening at uh, Alika Temple. And he hit me up if this band could come to the show, potentially play. We had like ten bands on it, something stupid like that. And uh, we're just like, no, we don't have a place. But they could sell up merch if they want to sell merch and just explain their like sob story. You know, like that totally can do that. A ten band show. That's a signature yeah, Matt Wilson show. I, I love that. So I used to love those shows. I was there back and forth. So uh, this band uh, set up their merch, and uh, you know, I thought everything's gravy. And then one of the touring bands that played freaked out because they were missing their guitars. And then I noticed my guitar had been stolen as well because I had a, a band that uh, I think played. I, I can't remember, but somebody played my guitar that night. Okay. And it was like a Gibson Les Paul. No, nothing crazy. It was just like a standard Les Paul, but it was like my guitar. Yeah. And they stole it. And I went on stage and I was like <laughs> pissed. And I <laughs> told like everybody in the crowd, like, somebody f- you know, like the whole really? thing. Yeah, like a whole whole crowd, like looking around, like who stole the guitar, kind of thing. And then we noticed that band had packed up their merch before the end of the night, and they were just gone. But you know, we hit them up like through Anthony, and he's like, "Yeah, they say they didn't take it. You know, nothing, nothing there." So I was keeping in the back of my head that it's weird that that band left before the end of the night if they had a show cancel, yeah, and they needed money for merch. So about like two months go by. And I just keep checking their MySpace page. This is how long ago that was. And sure as I see their guitar player playing my guitar on their profile photo. It's my guitar. And I see that they have a show the next night at their hometown in Atlanta at like a warehouse somewhere. So I was like, hit up one of my like bigger, like hardcore friend dudes. And I was just like, because I'm like 5'8", you know, what am I going to (laughs) do? And... Uh, I was like, hey, do you want to come down with me to Atlanta? Like, I'm pretty sure they have my guitar. And we drive down to Atlanta. We get to the show. Like, Please tell me he's playing your guitar. He's playing my guitar. Oh my! I let him play the show. <laughs> but after the show, I was like, dude, that's a sick guitar. I was like, could I see that thing? Like, that thing is so sick. And uh, I had the serial number was he, on was my he, original uh, receipt from it. Is he suspect? Does he know like what's up? He had no clue. Oh, really? He goes, yeah, man. Like it's this just Les Paul, you know, like pretty cool, like burst kind of, or not burst, but like a I forget what they call it, like Tiger Wood or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that. He's just psyched. Someone wants to see. Yeah, exactly. Phone. And then I pull out the the receipt, the serial number, and I hear him go, oh shit, oh, f-. and like I was like, yeah, yeah, you stole my guitar. And like it's my guitar. And I had the cops waiting out there and everything already Did for you this. Really? Yeah, wow. they wouldn't come in though. They were just like, until I knew that it was like stolen property. I was like, yep, that's fine. And uh, did he have the others? Did you ask He didn't have the other. The other. He sold the others. Oh my God. But they weren't, they were like LTDs and, sure. you know, nothing like too crazy. Did but, you lose your BC Rich? <laughs> I didn't lose the BC Rich. I wish I had one. <laughs> be cool. But no. And I then. I remember hearing that story and I did not have the receipt nor the serial number. Yeah, but I was just like, take a photo of it. <laughs> uh, I've done uh, every one of my guitars, everything that I have. I've got record. Mm-hmm. I've got all the receipts and stuff in a box there. But I was just like, Matt Wilson's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it was Stick like it I didn't realize you went all the way to Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. And he was a kid. 
I mean, he was like freshly 18 or something like that, you know, and he was like going to college, all this stuff. And for whatever reason, I don't know if I do this now, but I hit up the band that he stole the guitars from and his parents like got involved in everything, you know, and I just didn't, the cops were like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, no, nah. <laughs> I didn't press charges on him. Make him pay for my gas. I, and that's what happened. Like he paid, he paid it all back to the bands. You know, they worked out a thing where. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He had to pay it all. And, uh, or the band did. I think that like ended the band. But if they're listening, I would treat you differently now. What was it called again? <laughs> Rome Alone. Rome from Atlanta. Alone. Kind of a Remember cool name, kids, honestly. Don't Rome Alone. <laughs> but uh, incredible. I, I just didn't want him. Like he was going to college and shit. Yeah. And like that would be, it's wrong what he did for sure. But I didn't want to have, I don't know, <laughs> this hanging over me that I like sent this kid down his like dark path where <laughs> he can't get a job you know 20 years later because he was a stupid kid saw a guitar backstage and just grabbed it you know look like, at you even then having compassion for know. the man that that robbed oh, you you still have that, that guitar you know what no, i sold it <laughs> <laughs> in atlanta we went straight to a pawn yeah. shop <laughs> the tent i wish said, i did i wish i had that guitar you said the 10-band show is so matt wilson there was like an iconic show that you were involved in at <laughs> the Quest. Mm. Dennis the Drive. Quest. Mates yeah, of State. 150 Dennis Drive. I remember 150 it. Dennis Drive. Mates of State. Woodbine. I can't remember who else was on that show. Bishop that Allen. Bishop played? Allen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I forget who else played, but... Uh, there was another... There was a, that weren't they in that movie? Crawling with people. I remember the Mates of State show. People showed up and they were like, this is a church? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They had an RV. Something. Yeah, they had an RV. They're, they're like... Christ? <laughs> uh, i remember they had like just had a newborn baby or yes. something yeah. i thought about this the, the other RV. day i was like well, that show is probably over almost 20 years old you know so that kid is like wow. in college wow you're probably like booking at that kid's bands <laughs> yeah, i don't know you've already been you know, twiddling the knobs funny right? enough uh probably about almost 10 years ago now we did a festival with them with uh civil twilight and I went up to the drummer. I was like, hey, do you remember the show he did in Lexington? And he, was, he had no memory of it at all. Not one. He's like, no, we never played there. I was like, you did. <laughs> like, I'm positive about it. it and you like loved it. Yeah. You can remember. Is there a show you don't remember? If, if we I'm were sure. to pull it. <laughs> How would he know? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering you that. Haven't like, even, you haven't even, like, hesitated on any show, ba- show no, date, show location, band memory. name. No, you got That was, a, that was a, just a good show. That was a... It was fun. It was like the first time I like a big band. Yeah. yeah. I remember their agent called me and I was like a kid, you know, and I went into my school's like broom closet to take the call. (laughs) And I like remember being like, hi, I'm Matt or whatever, you know, and uh, instead of being like that, I was like, oh, I got I got to sound like I'm an adult. I was like, yeah, I'm a. I'm a, uh, yeah, we're, I'm the promoter for the show. Uh, you know, like trying to talk in the lowest voice. Like, this yeah. is Ned Schneebly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's remember, amazing. So we were getting ready to practice. I remember Nathan like barging in, being like, <laughs> Matt Wilson booked Mates Estate. Which, and we're. Probably wasn't even that big of a thing at the time. Oh, to, to they were in an AT&T us, commercial. Yeah. To him, though, it, it really was. To him, though. Yeah. He was, that was, I mean. That's funny. People came out of the woodwork for that show. I know they had played a show here before. Yes, they had. I forgot. I think it was with Spoon. Maybe I'm wrong on that. It was spoon? a Spoon? 
No, like it was a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> they played with a spoon. Remember the Onothalo show on Church Street when it rained a bunch? Oh, oh Firebird. Man. Was it what, not Yeah, Firebird, Firebird yeah, Studios. Firebird mm-hmm. Studios. It was it, was it, with Javelins no, and the the rain one was at uh Motel. Mecca. Mecca. Mecca, yeah. Mecca Dance Studio on Church and, Street. Right. Firebird was a separate show. I yes, high, short, I was, on I was floor, at both. Right? But that show, the Firebird show, so good because it was yes. on Othello, Color Revolt, Javelins, uh, wow, and Javelins. I forgot uh, twelve gauge Valentine or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I'm trying to remember it all, but I have a post. Yeah. I, I still have a flyer for it. But Your I was there. Yes. I got robbed at that show. <laughs> Did you? Oh, shit. Sorry. That was, that was the day. Yeah. Like, oh, Jones Etta sunk in the other huh? one. It wasn't Jones Ed at that. No, time? it was it was the Firebird okay. and Apollo. Oh, that was a different. Yeah, the Mecca. I think I Mecca. Played at I saw Jones Ed. Yeah. Jones Ed and Discover Someone America. Someone said that Manchester Orchestra played that show. I was like, I don't remember that. I don't think uh, that happened. But uh, Manchester, there was a Manchester by bib, the sea. That was a no. biblical flood that night. There it were, was. There two were, people died. Two girls died. Yeah. Right. That was right that near, night. That was yeah. Show? Right by yeah. Alumni, alumni Drive. Yeah. I remember going underneath the South Broadway yeah. bridge. Yes, and I re- and it there were the water was up to the top of the tires, and it was just like we're committed, go, oh, yeah. just yep. floor it. I took yeah. Kyle Withers home. The Geo Prism almost submerged. Dude, I was in the Land Geo Cruiser, Prism. and I was still like, we're gonna lose traction, and we're gonna float away. I remember all the bands stayed in my house that night, but they were like soaked by the time they got to the house. Oh yeah, and they like were taking merch bins and floating their gear out on top of the bins like oh to get to gosh. the bands. That's insane. It was, it was a flash flood. Just We should have probably canceled that show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hell no. No. There, another one of my favorites was, I, I'm pretty sure there was a 10 band. It was literally 10 bands. And it was Ronaldo's Weave, Summer Melts Faster, My Lucky Someday, Estol, Woodbine, Scenic View, I think Anathalo. Notion. 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 And that wouldn't have been in, in mm-hmm. passing. But it was all at the quest. And man, like, I don't know that you could get a better, like, nostalgic lineup of, of the, the who's who of Lexington. But man, it was it was so much fun. I'm, I'm still holding out for the Ronaldo's Weave reunion. Do you have that? I do. Will you please, yeah. for God, unfortunately, have want to. an MP3, though. I wish Dude, I would have done I'll it. I'll take anything. I'll take, Wave I'll or take AIF cassette. just to keep it. But I have them all on like these old hard drives. I got to get it. But uh, yeah, I have a lot from that time. Okay, so let I'm me talking add, about. Oh, you go ahead. Do you have a question? I do have a question. Go ahead. So, of all the bands that you've seen, you t- you tour with. Like this is your day job. You you go in. You do this all the time. Are there any bands that you still love to watch? And are there any songs that you, when you're on tour, that you, when you're in the room, you stop and you say, "I'm, I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna watch this as a fan." Mm. Um, I'm gonna strangle you if you say Woodbine, because that's what yeah, you said exactly. Last Woodbine. Anytime they, I did stop. I mean, no. it sounds like you've got a close relationship with the guys from Thrice that you're like, yeah, very much. This so. is this is family, but and, and Bayside. It, to, Bayside, to, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, say anything when they were doing stuff too. That was a lot of fun. But uh, usually, I, if I'm doing sound, like Thrice are one of the only bands I just tour manage at. So I don't like, you know, I'm having to do sound. So I haven't really thought about that. I'm going to think about it on the next tour <laughs> and I'm see. Curious if you're able to like separate yourself as a fan and yeah, like does music a, still affect you? Uh, yeah, I definitely will say. I have a hard time watching a whole show. 
Like I went and saw Menzingers not too long ago. Even that was like, okay, <laughs> let's <laughs> let me go talk to their merch guy, Dom or whatever, and just like <laughs> you're just in the zone. It, yeah, like it's just it, it, anymore. It, it's not like I would say Bruce Springsteen. Hmm. I'll watch the whole Bruce set, and that's that's a different vibe though. How many Springsteen shows have you been? To? Six. Yeah, I didn't see him on the most recent one. Is there anybody that you'd like to work with that you've never worked with? Uh, the boss? Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. I just, he's got to be a dick probably, right? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, I don't want to like, I again, am, don't meet your heroes kind yeah, of deal. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'm holding out hope that he's the last non He seems dick. nice. He does seem nice. Yeah. He's got a good. Do you remember when he power slid in the That's Super serious. Bowl and crotch yeah. rocketed the camera? Like yeah, that? he knew it, dude. <laughs> crotch slammed America. I don't know who would be like the like band I wanna I, I def I wanna do new like experiences. I was talking to a buddy of mine today that's does the Jonas Brothers and he's like does monitors for them and they're getting ready to go on this crazy tour where they're doing like stadiums some nights and like their arena shows pretty wild too, where they've got like, you know, their main stage, uh and they have like a satellite stage as well, you know. And um how to do that with like he does monitors, uh, not to like I don't know if I'm getting him in trouble talking about this stuff because I, I don't know if that's like secret that it's going to be like satellite stage here. But, uh, you know, RF coordination for that is like really crazy. And they have like 200 and something channels of uh, like, you know, inputs going into the desk. And then RF is like 90 something things of RF that are oh, wow. uh, going to be happening. So like that is a big challenge. And, you know, he's like really good at what he does and can rise to those certain occasions and it's like i think those are the type of things i want to do more like i've done a few arena tours now and that's like a lot of fun um so but, like you get the fever for like the challenge yeah of, of pulling off a, a set or something totally like okay yeah just doing it where everybody can be like we did it you know like, what was that's the a best good show feeling. you ever took part in or we're, we're most proud of usually it's like a logistical issue <laughs> that you that's have fun. overcome that's fine and it, it might be like a Oh, the entire desk died and you had to mix like from a crow's nest and monitors at a club, but the show happened, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's, that's what matters kind of at the end of the day. MacGyver. But, what was the most crash and burn? I don't think I want to do this anymore. This was awful show. Hmm. You can't say the show before your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you can. It's a blast. By Prior, if you're listening, please come play with us. Oh, that's so funny. 30-year reunion. I told him that you guys did that cover. And it, it, did you show him the video of you singing the no, cover? No, I, I think he I think he saw it. Yeah, that's right. We all got up. It was the old the old guard of Lexington. That's yeah. right. Singers, that was fun. He didn't come because you spelled his name wrong on the poster. No, that was Dustin. I'm sorry. It was his last name. Go look again. Oh, I don't remember that. Did you Dustin spell his name Ken Roos. Ken Roos, uh, yeah. <laughs> Go look again. I'm positive I spelled it right. Ken's true. I'm not Ken true. Uh, I don't know about crash and burn. Like I have different crash and burn more so like, I can't believe I did this tour, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, this was really hard. You know, I, you I wish I never burn this with bands or with people. Yeah, for sure. Are we allowed to know? No, <laughs> it's fair. But, uh, yeah, I just Seriously, like, you don't want to do business with. Yeah. In the mall. Just, you know, usually it has to stem back to like, if you're dealing with like a skeleton crew where mm -hmm. you don't have enough people out there to do a crazy, like elaborate show to where you feel like your loadout could take three hours or something like that. And you just feel beaten down because 
someone management or whoever had just decided that like, Oh, let's fit, you know, a shed tour into a, which is what they call like pavilion shows, you know, uh, into a club. And we have to figure out the logistics of that. And it's, you know, a shed tour, like a 5,000 cap, mm. like river bend pavilion. That's what they call those. It, okay. Have, yeah. And they just can have rigging and all these like other factors that make those easier days. But if you try to go to Bogarts and do that show with a freight elevator, that's however many years old. And mm. it's really hard to pull that off. Those are like, I would say crash and burn tours. That's <laughs> just, oh it doesn't necessarily get easier. It's always just going to be a grind. And I left my entire pedal board in that Bogart's freight elevator. Yeah? yeah all of them. The big muff. Did you too. ever get it back? Nope. What happened? I called and I was like, hey, there's something left there. And it was a, it was a battle of the band, so I'm sure some kid in Atlanta from Rome around. That's right. Whatever it was. Rome alone. It says, Rome alone. Reach yeah. around or whatever. Yeah. Around. <laughs> Reach around has it. He sold it. He said, no, but we I just didn't got have a bad serial number, it a big so muff? I couldn't get it Like back. the old big Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, actually... You didn't leave your soft tech head there, did you? No. I sold the soft <laughs> tech like never an get left idiot. Yep. I wonder if Jackson still has his... He had a soft tech? He did. Really? We got a doo-wop shop the for one or $40. Two? Huh? Meg one or Meg two? Two, I think. <sighs> yeah. He. We got a doo-wop for $40. I've been known to make some terrible trades in with with you instruments have. and, and uh, amps and things like that. You've had your share of trades. But anymore, like I was I saying. I had a box AC30, which was like a Hand-wired one? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the perfect like practice amp and... I traded it straight up for a like a Eddie Van Halen fifty one fifty, not head cab, oh. just the cab. But there was only like one was a dinosaur. There was one speaker working out of it. <laughs> hey, that, uh, Chuck, Chuck's music. He yeah. like looked it yeah, up yeah. and he was like, "Well, I can give you thirty bucks for it, and then this amp." I was like, "I'll take it." Just like an idiot. Um, you've been a lot of places. Have you ever? Like, do you ever get to go and explore? Like, I remember seeing after the Get Up Kids show when I went and saw them mm. with you guys at the Grog Shop up in Cleveland. You guys had a couple of days off, and you like took a picture at, at a baseball game. Yeah, we went to a Guardians game. Guardians. I think we went to Guardians. We also no, went to a Browns Ohio game. guy, right? Well, my family's from Ohio, okay. but I am a avid Cleveland sports fan. Are you? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about the name change? Uh totally fine. You're Don't fine care. with it. Okay. Right yeah. On. Doesn't matter. What is Guardians your... or Browns? Uh, like which one I like more? Browns. Like I'm like crazy diehard Browns guy. I love it. Unfortunately, I, we have a horrible person of a quarterback right now. <laughs> but uh, whatever. You you're, know. You're, when your daughter got up on the on the her chair oh on top of the oh the table and just started shouting, didn't rehearse. Like she just did. It that. was amazing. What did she do? I missed it. She was. A, she goes. Here brownies we go, chair. Brownies. Here we go. Woo. <laughs> all the guys she did it and like nobody was nobody was coming in with her they yeah like here we go brownies here we go Whoa. my like cleveland side of the family with her like yeah like, freaking out <laughs> like it was happening but that was crazy so of all like going all the the places that you've gotten to go around and to it's funny because like michael phelps the mm. olympic swimmer like when he retired like one of the things that they asked him they were like what are you going to do now that you're retired he's like i'm probably going to go out back to all of these places that i've been that i've only seen a pool in. yeah and yeah. I imagine that's a little bit like you, where you've only seen... Yeah, depending on if we have an off day or something. But I tour so much that I, like, piece it out. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, oh, I want to try out this area of this city that I didn't get to experience last time. Like, So that's my question. What's your favorite place you've been? Japan. Really? Oh, hands down. Who'd you go to Japan with? Motion City. Wow. was the last one. Yeah. It was awesome. What did you like about it? Uh, sensory overload. I was, and they're just so good at everything mm-hmm. that they do over there. Like the coffee is insane. Like the drinks are insane. Like just you could be, you could walk down like, what you think is a subway and it's like an underground mall that takes you out and you're like at a Ferris wheel that's like built into the middle of the city. You know, like it's just like you could walk for hours and just be like, what is happening around me? You know? Really? Yeah. It's the most like, I felt like I was on another planet. That's cool. Yeah. They love 25 cent machines there. (laughs) (laughs) The little, like that's the amazing, like, Oh, let me, you've been to Japan. Like the novelty of that. You can get, uh, what anything like little trinkets or yeah i mean it's like anything from like a laundromat you're like oh well, this is how i uh, get my yeah like it's true or like, yeah whatever the it laundry is like the... oh well i'm gonna it's in the, those containers which is like it's funny because i bring my kids to like a store and they've got like the antique 25 percent machines mm. they're like <gasps> candy they yeah. have no idea they're getting ripped off yet. They're oh yeah. yeah, like, but it's precious. While it for lasts. two more yes, coins, exactly. you can get a whole bag yeah. of candy. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was explaining to Bo. I was like, okay, so this one is two gumballs for the price of twenty five cents. And he's like, this one. I was like, that's only one. Yeah. <laughs> Reese, has, Reese has figured it out. He's like, whatever. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a moron, Dad. What are you raising over here? In that same vein, are you no. Go ahead. What's the what's one of your favorite venues to? I'll say play, but you know, take a band with that you're managing, tour managing. Uh, Whether it's how they run things, or the sounds that good, or the it's mm-hmm. just new and clean, or whatever. Yeah, that's usually what we're looking for anymore. Is if like the facilities are <laughs> nice, the green room cozy enough. Real you know, nice. like uh, you know, I, I like that Van Buren room, and uh, like as far as clubs go, that's a nice room in uh, Phoenix. <laughs> it's just interesting the lens you see. The Fillmore in Denver is uh, great too. Uh, Plenty of space back there for like a club show kind of deal. Uh, arenas, I would say the Seattle, the new uh, Seattle, uh, the Kraken place that they do. Uh, I forgot what it's really? called. Uh, Seattle Clean Kraken. Energy something. Yes, yes. That's, that was really nice and just new and all. They're like I'm like really into like Filson clothes, you know, and it's like a outdoorsy like Alaskan like lifetime guarantee <laughs> like hipstery almost like the new clothing. Patagonia. That's right. Uh, but they, all their like employees there have to wear like Filson vests and all that. Like too, it's insane. But, uh, great, great, like franchise. Sounded pretty good too. Yeah. And and great logo. Yeah. The Kraken. How did, how did Shoemaker feel about it? Shoe hasn't been there. I don't think. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we, he's been avoided. I was with a different band at that time. I watched firsthand at the grog shop. Do you guys like the grog shop? No, I mean, we've known Kathy, who does uh, that venue for a very long time. We were and supposed to play there. It's like... When we were 19. It's like a rite of passage to play the grog shop, yes. you know? And uh, you know exactly what you're getting into. You know, the Get Up Kids, it's like, it's just fun, you know, to play there. It, that's why we did it, you know? They could we, do- <laughs> we walked... When I walked in with Liz, um, and it's always cool to see you in your element, because like... At first, you were like, yeah, meet me out front. And I was like, there's no way yeah, yeah. I have time to do that. <laughs> yeah. and, and then so I texted you, and it was like an hour later. I'm like, Matt's, Matt's like in the throes of it over there. And then I finally saw you, 
and the opener is on because that but when you walk into the venue it's like whoa there's the stage like they're right there yeah. in front of you the basement east is kind of like that it is but you walk in and i was kind of like looking out for matt and i saw you come out and you were coming out this hallway and i guess the band dressing room is right there and like the opener is ending their song it's sparta yeah they're ending a song and i was like matt and you didn't hear me matt and i go as they play the very last note and i go <laughs> and the door opens and there's all of the get up kids sitting there sitting in there and they all just look over at me and I was like, Oh geez. And you were like, you just turned to me and gave the shh. <laughs> like, oh, like, that's funny. Oh, sorry. I didn't remember that. <laughs> but uh I totally I totally had a question right there. <laughs> Matt you, you guys just not talk to bands anymore. You oh just, dude. Yeah. Just Y'all stay home and watch them on YouTube. <laughs> I've seen you play down the street 15 <laughs> oh, years ago. I thought, Can I have that cheese? There's like a bathroom Char next to the dressing room there that's like the public bathroom, yes, too. So yes. it's just kind of like... It's right there. Yeah, you're well, just that's where like, I was coming from. Yeah, right you're taking a, you know, Getting a, to see a risk for smells and yells <laughs> when you come taking out. Taking a what, Matt? <laughs> what are you taking? <laughs> Getting to see you in your element. There was a dude... That they a couple of songs in. Oh yeah, they very quickly escorted out of there. Yeah, and it was like, wow, I haven't seen that since like some of the old hardcore shows. They just grabbed this dude and like escorted him out. What happened? Right I there? think he he was very drunk, and I think he started like grabbing shit on stage, like pedals, like that type of thing, like messing with the show. He spilled a bunch of beer on Matt's pedals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that that's too. right. And. And, you know, the get-up kids have seen a lot. So for them to be like, hey, you got to go, like, okay, that's serious. So that was you know? <laughs> them saying, hey, eject us, um, Yeah, I I can't remember. If security saw it, I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was definitely a problem. You know, long, it was like a... long-haired guy that was at your wedding, um, he was there, and he's the one that kind of helped assist this dude oh. to find the door. Oh, I, uh, oh, I think it was Mogan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if Mogan... So like he was guitar teching and he was like, oh yeah, he's got to go. Oh, so then it's like, okay, yeah. How often does <laughs> if your that name happen? is Mogan? Um, then you made business. Yeah, his name is Mogan Brown. Not oh first name Mogan. Yeah, yeah. Christian name, God given. <laughs> he is actually yeah. He like very like you know, same background kind of thing. Of uh, <laughs> how often up. does that happen that you have something occur where it's like, hey, we got to go? Uh, I would say like body hammer shark. I hope. That it doesn't happen usually, but I've had some crazy ones. Please there tell is, us. I want to hear a story. We did this tour called Disrupt with Thrice. Uh, it was like Rockstar sponsored. Uh, the same people that did like Taste of Chaos were involved with it. Okay. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, it didn't do that well. <laughs> um, it was like the used Sum 41 uh, Circus Survive. And it was just like an ambitious tour for like playing these sheds and then they had like a stage outside the set sheds for part of the tour too. So it was just like, they're trying to make the new warp tour kind of vibe. Gotcha. And, uh, thrice were one of like the headliners. And, um, what we kind of figured out early on was like the used had like pretty good say and a lot of like in some 41. So they got to headline all the really, really great shows of the tour. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, Oh, thrice, you know, you get to headline, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where, the last time you were here, it didn't do that well or whatever reason, you know, like it's just not like a hot market for 
any band really. So we played Albuquerque. It was the last show of the tour and it was at this big pavilion and it wasn't sold well. So, you know, it was awkward because the seats were sold and there were like not many people down in the pit area. So our logic would be like, let everybody down. So I talked with like the head of security for the tour and, uh, we like, he, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll radio him. We'll get everybody to let security know to let everybody down. So Dustin asked like, Hey, is it cool if I like let all these people down? I was like, sure. Yeah. Good. You know, you got, we got the, okay, you can go out there. And we're like, okay, we're going to just ease into this set with a really mellow song called fire breather. Wow. And it's not <laughs> mellow at all. Right. Uh, and you know, starts that song and like he starts before the set he goes hey if you guys want to come up from the seats like we got word that you're allowed to come down here so just come right down come right down well the message had gotten to half of the security guards and then the other half it hadn't Ooh. gotten to so wow. fire breather starts everybody rushes down and security are grabbing people fights are breaking out i jump down off the stage and i'm like grabbing a security to be like, no, I'm the tour manager. It's cool. Whoa. And security are choking me out thinking Whoa. I'm like some crazy person. And a lot of the circus survive guys jump down and they're like going at it with people down that like security <laughs> oh, guards grabbing man. them off, you know, like, uh, and then Dustin stops the song and like, finally word starts to get to security and security, like tapping back, like, Hey, it's, you know, it, it's cool. It's cool. And all that. Like, and uh, Dustin's like, Matt, are you okay? And I'm like in a headlock at this point. And I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll continue the song. And then it finally got worked out. But then I like go into the production. I was like, what the f was that? Yeah. You know, like you guys said that everything was good. And then it wasn't good, you know. And then they, uh, the production company, or not the production company, the producer of the show, we'll say that. Uh, had a very different version of how this story went mm, and it, yes. it it could not have been you know further like from the truth the the person that did security was not present at all and he was doing something else with someone else <laughs> off somewhere else and uh that he's been playing the foosball behind yeah, exactly. our back so uh the, you know the word got to security but not fully enforced they were like, oh, yeah, a guy on the top, he broke his neck. And, you know, we're freaking out. Like, oh, my God, like, did we cost this, like, whole thing? Uh, and then the story continued to change. It's like, yeah, he was down in the, like, in the pit area. Like, well, no, you said he was at the top of the, you know, the pavilion here. And then it was, like, one thing after another, one thing changed. And then it was like, oh, he's fine, actually. You know, but it went from this, like, whole, like, BS story where they're trying to implicate us for like causing a riot or something of that yeah, nature. No was so that I, one of the last weeks on the tour? It was the last show of the tour. Oh, the last tour. Wow. So I like had to write out this whole incident report and everything. And like, you know, we had our story pretty straight on it. And uh, thankfully nothing came of it. And the guy was totally fine. Like, it, I, don't, I don't even think the guy existed, honestly. I think it was just like, something they were trying to spin. It was me. To, it was just in a head. Yeah, yeah. Because their security didn't do their job. And, you know, go figure. But wow. th those are like, that was one of the crazier ones of like, oh, am I going to die? <laughs> you know, like I'm a, <laughs> like, it was a full of like thousands of people trying oh, real. to. What year yeah. was this? Uh, or maybe we, we can bleep this, but I would like A to. few years ago. Okay. <laughs> I think it was like 2017 or something. Okay. But 2017. Maybe 20 six years maybe ago. Maybe even 2019. I was going <laughs> to say, was that, was that when you all came and did the one off here that we played? Yes. It was yeah, off it was. that tour. was that tour. I knew they were with the used in some 41. Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah. Not yeah. Too long ago. I was 19. You know who else played that show? 
Um, Who? Red Sun Rising. I had opinions on what band should play that show, mm-hmm. but uh, the promoter, uh, it was a Terry Harper show, if I remember correctly. It was. Um, Terry was like, no, we got to do this Red Sun Rising. And I've known Terry a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I like trust his opinion on it. Sure. But it was like, oh, okay. Uh, they are like Incubus, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was very weird <laughs> for a Thrice crowd to have that band play. But I guess they were big Thrice fans or something. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. People liked him. I knew a lot of people there that were there to see him. Oh, so I had, yeah. there you go. There. I was like, who are you here to see? Red Sun Rising. Yeah. Three doors down. I didn't know anything about him. Me neither. I never heard him before. Yeah. But they did something that Andrew absolutely loves. Andrew loves when the lead singer gets up and immediately calls the crowd mother. Mm, Yeah. People can do that. Dave Grohl can do that. Mm. Hip hop acts are allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, But outside of that. Yeah. I don't like the uh, degrading the uh, crowd. Stand up. Stand to my feet. I'll stand when I'm ready. Thank you for paying money to see me play, you pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Degrade me, degrade me. That was a, that was a really fun <laughs> night, though. I had a that was a great. That was one of my favorite shows I've ever played. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. Nathan, Andrew, you guys got any questions? I have two that are just kind of selfish questions. Chat GPT I wrote these. Know, <laughs> I ha- I got a new printer, so all this stuff here. Is, <laughs> God. Chat GPT is just fun to play with. So I said, uh-huh. plug your story in, like just a couple paragraphs, and I said, what would you ask? Matt, so this is this is, this is real. Yeah, it's nonsense though. Um, <laughs> I want to know. You can look at them if you want. I want to know what your relationship is like with Manchester's Guitar Tech. I don't know how to pronounce his Instagram name, but thanks, thanks a lot. Okay, so I was right. I want. I just. I'm curious about that relationship because he seems like an awesome dude, and yes. you guys have like a fun thing going on, just friendship wise. <laughs> Two. What's this? What's a band that you could never get to Lexington for a show that you wanted? To book, mm. we're never able. To oh, this is good. I would say uh, we. I would say we were very close to brand new. One time, like what at, at Red Mile, it was going to be a big yeah. show, and it was very, very close to wow. happening, and it didn't. Uh, the other one would be uh, this is a stupid one, but it was Three Six Mafia. Oh wow! At Three Six Mafia, they were going to play K State at the arena there, and I had like the money ready to go for the deposit and everything. And then somebody had like some injury or something. And then they had to like pull the whole thing, but they had just won an Oscar. And I was like, wow, this is a, this is going to be a good one. I think, (laughs) but, uh, they had just won an Oscar. They had literally for hustle and flow. Oh yeah. yeah, They they wrote that song for that. Yep. And, uh, interesting though. It's not our world at all. That was a, that was one. I, I had definitely like a lot of offers out there that, uh, didn't, pan out but is lexington really hard yeah because you deal with cincinnati and at that time you had louisville Louisville and then nashville i mean yeah and louisville have a live nation venue right now uh too which is the mercury ballroom that is very well put together Mm -hmm. and it's a good place to see a show it sounds great Mm -hmm. you know do you like the forester hall uh i haven't been there yet it's cool i hear it's nice it's cool yeah i saw turnstile there i saw angels there too Peggy. Peggy. Hey, dude, I'm telling you, he's bigger than you all think. He's <laughs> huge. Sorry. Yeah, uh, it's just a tough one. I mean, Cincinnati's almost a B market. I would say maybe it is a B market at this really? point. Because back in the day, it was almost every show went to Bogarts or mm-hmm. something. Right. That, you know. Because um, Bogarts not what it used to be. No. Mm-hmm. No, it just doesn't. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, Cincinnati as the city is. <laughs> yeah, Sudsy Malone. What was the other one that was next to it? That's the one that always gets uh, me. Top Cats? No. 
but it was a hole in the wall bar like that. It was Sudsy Malone's. Yeah, it's God, those were the you want to talk about the grinding days. Yeah. Woodbine packing up their stuff into Gunstar One, the old conversion <laughs> van, and playing in front of moms that are washing kids' clothes. <laughs> You're yeah. playing to and, the mom's kids and drunks. And that are just there. Have, oh yeah, we did a. That it was pe- a bar laundromat slash venue. Brutal. We did that petticoat tour and we played in Gainesville at a like coffee shop. Rock City. And the girl literally said, "Well, hey, I got to go home for a bit, but you guys do your thing here, and I'll be back." And no one was in there except our merch guy. And we're like, "I guess we play for you." <laughs> and we just played for the merch guy. We did that in Columbus, Ohio. We played in this. I mean, absolute, like, crass punk rock basement the called Rat The Cave. Rat Cave. And none of these guys. It was a, similar to Rat Lloyd Cave. Coy. Hmm. Yeah, they had it written. I mean, it, there were rats in there. Lloyd's <laughs> still in it, I think, too, right? Is he really? I think he's doing, like, he does, like, stage. He's always asking for, like, stage hands, like in Louisville. Does he like, for big yeah. arenas. Good what? for him. Good on you, buddy. Really, you're still. How about that? Is there? Are any, there any? Um, are there any tours that are announced that you're a part of after Bayside? Uh, I'm very involved with the Front Bottoms this year. Okay. And uh, they, I'm really excited. We're doing uh, Red Rocks. Oh, with you're them. doing that? Yeah. So God, that Kevin Devine's uh, playing that show. He is. Yeah. He is. And uh, say anything. And say anything. Yeah. It's like a mini festival almost, or like a just no, it's, it's just a release show. Uh, yeah, a release show for their new record. If we were to find really ourselves good. in Colorado, would you be able to? Sure. He won't need help getting in, but we will. Yeah. Chris Chris actually would prefer that you don't help him get in. <laughs> Chris is destroying your industry. Oh, I do have one, I do have one more question. true. Hold on. Don't no, no, no. listen to this. I have one more question. And he walks away. And you can you could cut it, move it wherever, get rid of it. I want to know, is there a venue that is bulletproof when it comes to people like weaseling their way in without a ticket? Just, just put it on the back of your mind. Is there one that's Ooh. like, hey, you could definitely sneak in and then no, they will. Uh, it's the basement uh, in, in Nashville. Basement or basement east? Hmm. Basement east. I'm just curious for the sake of the group here <laughs> and our friendship. Uh, so I can take Chris there. Just think about it. Man, I haven't thought. These are really good questions that I'm like. Thank you, Chad GPT. Yeah. Uh, sneaking into? Was that one of them? No, that was my question. I, didn't, I used no Chat GPT questions. Honestly, most venues, a lot of times I put my, I have my pass in my wallet because it gets like bent to. Crap! If you have it on a carabiner or whatever, it's you know, like, physical pa- like yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't like lanyard it around, like so. I, I'll just put it in like dragnet style, you know, like <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, I get backstage at most venues because I just look like I'm miserable or something walking around. I don't know if I'm miserable, just like you know, I like I guess have like an aura t- or something like that. But hardly the, ever do they check the passes. People don't question the guy who looks like he's been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I would say uh, you could probably get backstage at more venues than you realize. This is pleasing to Ag- one of our members. Agreed. I would say, uh, you know, locally, I, I would try to think. Let's see. Manchester Music Hall, for a while there, I don't know if, like, it, it's probably better now. Because um, I know Aaron Moore does security there, who's, like, played in bands over the years. And he's, like, an old hardcore dude. But uh, he probably knows better. But I know there were multiple times I went to, like, see a friend there or something, and I just opened the back door. And no one, no one ever said anything. Yeah. Ever. I I literally I literally yeah, yeah. walked my five year old daughter into a show like that. Yeah. 
I was like, I know they're not going to let you in here, but uh, but let's. I've got your headphones on. Let's go. Yeah, this, you had the time. This front life. bottoms tour is long. You're in the whole thing. It is. Yeah. 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 Big. Big. Uh, big man. Room. Where yeah. they coming? Oh, Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. Let me just. See. Oh. My uh, my in laws live in Indy. Ah. Man, I love the front bottoms. I've seen them a couple of times. Or so. the new record's really good. Is it? I like it's the singles really a lot. Good. Um, they went back with uh, Mike Sapone, mm-hmm. who has done a bunch of records over the years that people like, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they he really got it. Mm-hmm. It's really, really. I don't like usually listen. I'll listen to a band's new record or something, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, it's cool. You know, like it's good. You know." Mm-hmm. But this one I was like, "Ooh, that's good. Like all those tracks have their place. Mm-hmm. They all feel different, and just it, it's going to be. I hope. I hope it's really great for them." What was the last time that you you heard a band either live or on record that you were like that's that's something right there uh not in a like i i can make a living off of this but like that's doing something in me uh i there was this band that played uh uh in atlanta a few years ago called mighty and they were like really just good what they do love mighty yeah uh and you mentioned about not making a living off them, but I do manage them. Uh, <laughs> do you really? Yeah. But That's uh, great. We, we haven't, like, they're they're kind of just doing their own thing. Sure. And, like, if things start to kind of happen and, you know, I can help in that capacity, then that would be cool. But uh, they're still writing great songs, too. It's just like they... What kind of music is it? They're like an indie rock. Uh, yeah. Know, pop, First time Mighty win, 2000... I've I've been to Seven Stuffings and they played oh, yeah. they played one of those. Yeah, they were close with the Manchester crew yep. for a while. Andy's and on one of their songs. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I I just uh, they live in like Pennsylvania now, and uh, I know they really want to like continue touring as much as they can, but uh, I th- you know life happens and things get harder. <laughs> with sure. That. So, uh, but I I do hope that was like I was like wow this band's good you know just They're a really live good. band kind of thing. Um, That's cool. Yeah, no. I mean, Manchester Orchestra, like they're an awesome band, but we've seen them like progress over time. But now mm-hmm. they're like flawless, you know, just really great, great band. Agreed. Are you still a Star Wars fan? Of course. Of course. Nick from Bayside is really, really into Star Wars. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're like best buds about Star Wars. Your story about going to see, like, when the, weren't you on tour with uh, Say Anything? Didn't you go? We went with- to Lucasfilm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You did. Yeah. And uh, it was insane. Like Skywalker Ranch? Uh, no, like the Lucasfilm office in uh, uh, San Francisco. It's oh, like wow. A, yeah. Um, they That's had like um, all this among, old... But uh, for the listeners out there, among the your love for music and tiki, like Star Wars is love, your first love. I do love Star Wars. Gold yeah. 5. Gold 5. It, it's deep in me. Didn't you leave to buy a when we were recording at yes. Cold's place? You came and stopped by been, the studio. He was talking to Nick about there were there was some sort of a new you release had acquired on <laughs> or about to acquire some sort of treasured piece of Star Wars action figure. Yeah, he bought a Star Wars. He bought he bought he bought one Star Wars. <laughs> uh, uh, Do you, so just again, I'm sure you'll remember. I forget shortly. what I mean, it this is. Was. 2019. This is a to- maybe a toy. We, we you were you pulled up and we were how like dare you we were like what are you doing with your day like well, how's your day going you were like <laughs> oh I know well. what I did yeah yeah <laughs> and then proceeded to offer us like four or five of the most yeah we used all five of your notes. and then you you were like yeah I'd probably do this this I wouldn't do that and I'd do this okay see ya and then just yeah I was you yeah, gotta no. go buy a Star War <laughs> no, we did all of it I'll be back after well you Star got War. your Han Solo and your Force I uh, your Han Solo <laughs> I uh I think it was like I got it re- like 
briefly, you know, as a kid, I used to like collect it, you know, but then I just decided it, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm back into it for this, like one week, I'm going to do it this one week. And like, they, I knew that this stuff was coming out I was like, I'm going to go get it. You know, I'm going to like, there was like first edition kind of things that they were releasing for it. Are you an impulse buyer? I, I definitely was that, that week for yeah. sure. And then a friend of mine was talking to me, uh, from Omaha and she was just like, what are you doing? She like works in the industry, and I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Omaha. And I was like, uh, I, uh, I'm just uh, buying Star Wars toy, and she was like, Okay, cool. Uh, why? And then I like started thinking about. It. I was like, Because uh, it's cool. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it means something to me. I still have them. Did you ever go into speaking of men from the past? We mentioned him, Dickie Richie. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go into his room, his high school room? Yeah. <laughs> he just had like, I mean. He had Star Wars. Star Wars figures everywhere. Yeah, signed. Like some people had wallpaper. By he him. had like. He had a Mon Mothma like entire, addressed to him. But an entire <laughs> wall. An entire <laughs> wall of <laughs> Mon Mothma. <laughs> what the hell? So. Uh, <laughs> Was that a Jawa? Britain took my. I was at work and uh, one day, and I got this. This is like a month ago. I got a picture, and it's my daughter standing next to the Mandalorian and a Jawa. <laughs> my daughter. Oh, Britain, nice. Britain just randomly took my daughter to the library for a Star Wars. Well, they day had a Bo- down the street at Beaumont Library. They had a Star Wars. They had a Star Wars. She's got the biggest <laughs> smile on her face, and she's just like. Does she like Star Wars? Oh, she like anything. They all, that, they both love it. My kid my slightly Star Wars. Really hates it. What? Like is is afraid Likes of doing it? like Star Wars stuff when I have like taken her to Disney World or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, her like way that she can stay up late is she'll be like, "Daddy, maybe we could watch a Star Wars movie." A Star War. Yeah. <laughs> and my she likes Baby got, Yoda. And you say yes. Uh, always. Yeah. yeah. Of course. I'm like <laughs> my son just got the yeah. Lego X-wing for his birthday. Somebody gave yeah. it to him, and Chris's kids are spending the night tomorrow night. And he was like, "I'm coming for a spin Dad. the night." Oh, that works out <laughs> he's well. Like, he's like, "Dad, yes. put this. Can you put this in your closet so that Reese doesn't break it?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, does my kid break all your shit? Like, if it's Legos, it's yes, he does. Just protective. No. Yeah, but, see, Blythe is just like me. She she's all about like. She'll she wants to watch Indiana Jones. I just started introducing her to Indiana Jones. She's five years old and she's like Chris's daughter is like Wednesday Adams. Daddy she's just like got there's it. somebody behind the door. <laughs> so I started her on Last Crusade. The scary part. She was like, Can we watch that movie where that boy falls into the box of snakes again? <laughs> that boy. Yes. Boy. Yes, we can. A young child. Yeah, I took her I took them both to the library to meet a Mandalorian and Chris's daughter who knows no fear and just craves it just goes right up there and my son is like no i don't want to go up there i i want to leave now no, stop. And I'm, we're going to disney at the end of the month which we've never done and we're going to go to star wars and stuff and i was like oh this is a premonition this is going to be fantastic i dad i want to get out of here uh. leave me and my, my daughter's like, my daughter's walking up to the Jawa and the Mandalorian, just like doing the gun thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
I like all the scary parts. <laughs> hey, Dad, can you tell me a story? Did you see the new Indiana Jones? Scary story. <laughs> we yes, did. We did. Yeah. I went and saw it. I thought it was pretty good. It was right? pretty New Indy? Feel good? I thought it was good. Yeah. I have not seen it. I feel like they jumped a shark a little bit at the very end, but yeah, they rounded it out. Yeah. It was a really yeah. good like wrap up to the whole series. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we won't spoil it, but save yeah. myself for Tom Cruise. Do you think Marion smells? <laughs> oh, dude, she stinks. That girl, that girl. <laughs> well, I won't That's, tell I, your theory here. So I did not grow up on indie for whatever reason. That was just not something my dad like wanted to watch. So, uh-huh. like, but so I was telling him I I'm not even a confident like I can't even confidently say I've seen these movies, but I have totally have. So I watched Raiders the other day, and I was like, yeah, I've seen Raiders a bunch of times, I guess. But all I could think about on this rewatch was how much Marion had to stink. (laughs) She's just she's tied up in the desert to that pole, and then she's seducing that guy. And he and I mean his standards have had to dropped. It's a dry heat. It doesn't matter. She's been there for days. It's just a bunch of men. And then she gets drunk, (laughs) and then dropped into a bed of snakes, and then put into a bed with Indiana Jones, and that's when he has his way with her. And I mean that's just days of desert and snakes on top of her. They haven't even washed her hose down or anything. And Indy snake as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> out. And trouser snakes. All of it's gross. That's all I can think about when I watch any adventure movie is like, oh, this person, these people, they smell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always the cleanest teeth. Always the whitest. Very good teeth. teeth. When she was like, where does it hurt? He probably was like, here. And he points to his nose. <laughs> <laughs> He's like right here and points to a zipper. Uh, it hurts right here. <laughs> Into you rat bastard. Do you uh do you have any uh sage advice for anybody that might be following in your footsteps as we close out? Wanting to get into the industry? Uh go to college. No, uh <laughs> No, I mean I would just uh, just be okay with uh, failing and doing better the next time. I again, I had a talk with a friend of mine about this today. Of like, you learn al- along the way, and that's a you're not like immaculately good at this job the first time you go out on it or anything like that. It's like right. a learned experience, and people can be like, "Oh, he's got like golden ears." Or something. that's all bullshit. It's all just like you just you learn along the way, and you do the best you can while you're in the moment, and then. Hopefully you're better the next time. I mean, I would say most nine out of 10 times, like as, but you know, tour is all repetition too. It's like, you'll be on a nine week tour and you're doing the same job every day. And I guarantee you that day one of the tour and day 35 of the tour are drastically different on how you're approaching it. And that's all it is. It's just learning how to do it better. Is there a sweet, sweet spot in terms of days? I know we're probably wrapping up soon, but like, is there, you say, so let's say zero day one to day 40. Is there like a, the third show is hmm. is always like where I feel like ooh I like this. we like third show interesting. The first show is always a show. The second show is like okay we're fixing the problems of the first show. The third show should be like the okay we're That's the turning we're point. in it the yeah. turn yeah hmm. yeah hopefully I have that. and there's like weird spells of the tour where who knows like people just don't feel good or whatever and it's just you know you get out of those funks though. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, we're really proud of you. Um, Thanks, you're guys. like you're like the one that got away, or like the one that got out. I should say, it's just super cool, like seeing how far you've come. And uh, man, we really we I respect well, what you do. I wouldn't 
be doing this without Woodbine. That's 100% true. Something Matt Wilson taught me years ago, Romans 15. Oh, God. 13 oh God. says. I don't even... <laughs> Were you singing it for us once? No, that was uh, Sully's idea. Matt, thanks so regret. much. Um, maybe tell your boys about us and maybe they can... We can Another Woodbine reunion. Maybe we could interview him sometime on this. Sure. Like that. Who's the smelliest person that you've been on tour with? <laughs> Who smells most like Marion? Uh, I should say that Indy probably smells like a, like a garbage <laughs> can as well. I'm just There's saying. different types of smells, though. There's feet smells, you know? And if you, like, you know, a bus has a front lounge, the bunk alley, as they call it, where it has 12 bunks usually, and the back lounge. But you all sleep in the bunk alley. So the shoes come off, and that gets smelly. Twelve bunks. Yeah. Crotchal region. Usually there's like ten people, and you get two junk bunks or something of that nature. Or sometimes they do tours where you have uh, junk bunk. eight, or wait, yeah, eight uh, condo bunks mm. where they're bigger bunks. You know, that's cushy touring. You know, <laughs> at least that level. Or you have multiple buses. You have a band crew bus. Somebody you know. told a story about you at your wedding, and. It was it was super funny. It was somebody that gave a toast or something. Uh-huh. They took a shot at you about being an only child and something you said about. Oh them. yes. What was the story? Uh, was it about the bunk? Yes. Thing? Yeah. So that's Alex Perkins, and uh, it was the Emerosa tour, and we finally got a bus. You know, it was a big moment, and Alex was new to the camp. You know, and I had definitely been through the weeds with this band over the years, and you know. At the time, I was also naive to the, what the bus would be. And I was like, I'm not doing a top bunk. I'm taking this bunk right here, this middle bunk. And like, I snaked his bunk that he wanted because I was like, well, you're the new guy. So you got to get the top bunk, you know? And uh, he never let me live it down. <laughs> he said in his, in his toast, he was like, he said something about like, and that's when I knew Matt was an only child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a band. Let's start a band called Junk Bunk. Junk Bunk. Yeah. Wait, they're three tall? Yes. Yeah. Three tall, and you have a, it would be, I guess, four rows of those. So, yeah. Correct. Your math is correct. Yes, correct. Three yeah. times 12. <laughs> Young Padawan. Wow. Times 12. I do accounting on tour. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely three here. But any, yeah. any last words from anybody? Otherwise, we're going to close it out. Chat GBT? At some point, I'd like to do a best band shirts. Like, just have, I want to hear Matt's. Lost in the Ether top five band shirts. Five. It's, it's the Audible campaign two, Octopus. Oh, at the top. What about the race to sun? My senior picture has that in it. <sighs> Does it? Yeah. Chris has got an Audible campaign where the armpit is fully blown out. Mm-hmm. He still wears. My wife has trying to been has been thrown, trying to throw it away for a long time. Is your wife Marion? <laughs> Just God damn it, <laughs> Marion Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, good to see you, buddy. Thanks so much, man. Much love, DB. We're out. You feel better. That's the point. 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 That's it for today, you guys. We want to thank Matt again for giving up his time. Young American Podcast is recorded and produced in Lexington, Kentucky. It is edited by myself, my twin brother Chris, and Nathan Music. The intro is an original track by us. The song that you are listening to right now is requested by Matt Wilson himself. It's by a band he's working with called The Front Bottoms that just released a new album. This is a song called Punching Bag. When every word
it chokes me up Hard to express what you need Everyone's scared But putting yourself out there Is the only way to get free You feel better? Never knew trust You say with your arms around me Like it isn't I